Hello, everybody, and welcome to Soaky Nostalgia. Now, I know everybody out there got their music fixed last week. What am I talking about? No, you didn't, because I never get my music fixed enough. Uh, this week, we've got a really cool episode to uh, give out to you this week. Um, it's an interview we did. I know Alan talked about it a little bit before, but uh, we've got a really cool interview with Mr. Steve Jewell from Otis. But before I get into that... This week, of course, I am the Matt, and I am joined by Tiny. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. We're recording the intro and outro separately from the interview because mm, this interview took place a couple of months ago. Uh, the reason why we waited so long to put it out was because we didn't know the way that this season was going to go, and we also didn't know how the Rona was going to go. But it is what it is. <laughs> so, as always, so we're going to get the business out of the way. If you would like to reach us, you've got us on social media at Soaking Nostalgia, as well as Deadpan Studio 18 on both both Facebook and Twitter. We also are on. Ooh, it's always a mouthful every single week, but I'm going to get through <laughs> this. <laughs> now we've got our emails at SoakingNostalgia at gmail.com, uh, Deadpan Studio 18 at gmail.com, as well as the website Deadpan Studio. Dot com. Ladies and gentlemen, I would like to go ahead, before I finish that up, I'm going to apologize because I did not realize that some of the changes I made to the website, including updates with some of the episodes, never updated. So that is actually something I'm working on, and I want you, the listeners, to know that it might take two weeks, but by the time the next episode, after this one comes out, the website will be fully updated with show notes, episodes, everything. So, be excited for that. Mm -hmm. Anyway, deadpan-studio.com. So, you'll get all that exciting content as well as a link to be able to contact us. Send us an email. I'm just going to let that sit there and sink in for a minute. Please, send send emails. (laughs) We miss human contact. Yes, please. Send us an email. I mean, we might have you on here sometime. If you send us an email, we may have you on mic through our Discord, private Discord voice channel, or Skype, or some way, and we might get you hooked up to be able to ha- say your two cents with some of these people we're interviewing. How about that, hmm? Not going to happen. That's right. Let, Let us know. know. Email us. Anyway, <laughs> if you're already listening to us, uh, you're obviously on one of our streaming services. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, and Spotify, as well as the Podbean app, which is amazing to be able to a platform to be able to put your podcast on if you're already doing that. If not, check it out. It's also a web app, deadpanstudio.podbean.com, as well as the website. Go to those addresses, look us up, find the logo, and you'll be golden, pony boy. And thank you to all our listeners, by the way. We appreciate each and every one of you. Oh, absolutely. Every single one of you. Um, I know I, you know, I'm just going to be serious for a minute. I know I, you know, have past couple of episodes I've been kind of angry quote unquote at the listeners I'm really not uh, it's really it's it's just a bit <laughs> <laughs> or not no we love you all this is why we do what we do so well, maybe not maybe not <laughs> <laughs> all right anyway this week uh, this episode is we did an interview a couple months ago with Mr. Steve Jewell Jr. Which, if you listen to last week's episode, you know that he is the lead guitarist for the band Otis, which is a southern rock blues band. 
you're gonna hear my little nephew pitter pattering in the background but that is quite okay that's what we get for recording at home right everybody that's right that's okay i love the boy Look at him go yeah <laughs> he's in full speed uh, yep sounds about right so anyway we did an interview with mr steve jewel and uh, he is a member of Otis, and uh, he's going to give us some information about, you know, life and times of being an up-and-coming uh, rock and roll or even a musician in general. Uh, the state of the music industry is kind of in flux, especially now, but it's almost like during the interview he was kind of, it's, all, it's almost like he could see the future and and see what we were heading towards. If you listen to it, you'll get what I understand. Uh, if you'll understand what I'm getting to. Wow. <laughs> that was a little dyslexic in words. Yeah. <laughs> words. So, um, I don't know. I really think it's going to, uh, I, I really think the listeners are going to enjoy this, uh, Tiny. Um, yeah, I um I haven't had the opportunity because I uh, unfortunately was not involved in the interview, nor have I had the opportunity to listen to the episode yet. So I will be as surprised as everybody else when this comes out. But uh, what I can tell you is I've seen these guys play a few times. And uh, if you listen to last week's podcast, hear me say that I think they are going to be the next big thing to come out of Southern Kentucky. Um, and I truly believe that they're talented musicians, um, and I think they know how to play the game uh, enough to to get it done. So, um, congrats, guys! You guys rock! Uh, can't wait to be able to come back and see you. So <laughs> that's right. And until then, you can always check out. Uh, well, we covered that in the interview. Uh, you can always check them out on Facebook. You've also got their uh, Otis Roadshow on YouTube, which is uh, you know behind the scenes stuff while they're out on tour, so you can see what life is like for them. Um, you know, traveling around in their you know Otis van. <laughs> uh, you also get a little taste of their actual personalities off stage. You know, of course, everybody who gets on stage, like us on mic, you know, we have a little bit of a personality to us, which you know, some of it's an act, some of it's not. Um, what? I know. I'm letting, I mean, I'm letting him look behind the curtain. <laughs> Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you know, we live in the wonderful world of Oz right now. <laughs> <laughs> so you'll get to see them as they're off to see the wizard. You see what I did there? Uh, but it's really neat. He's very well-spoken. He's very knowledgeable, and he has a lot to say. He, we gave him a platform, and uh, you'll you'll understand what I mean by it's a really, really good interview. It's not your standard interview where we give him a thousand questions. He just, we turned yeah, the mic on, and we just went forward. I was going to say, from, from my understanding, it's definitely not the traditional interview. However, um, if you listen in the last week's episode this week uh i think you'll get that that we don't uh we don't conform to traditional standards for most things uh, and i would much rather i would much rather sit and listen to a musician talk and tell the stories they want to tell than to offer them up cookie cutter questions like oh how did you get your start <laughs> you know it's uh I would rather I would rather us be a platform for them to convey the message they will convey 
as opposed to us setting up a message for them to convey. So absolutely. And that's at least something, uh, if, if you or anybody else are a band that would like to be on here to be able to have a platform in order to say what you need to say, Hey, we're glad to provide that too. And the only way to do that is by, uh, checking out, checking us out on social media again, Twitter and Facebook and our email. <laughs> that's your info. Yeah. And, you know, we'll be glad. We'll talk to you and, uh, you know, we'll do you right. We'll treat you right. Just ask uh, Mr. Steve Jewell Jr., who, quote unquote, said that was the best interview he has ever had. Pat myself on the back. Woo-hoo. That's impressive, sir. Yeah, and so much. But it was a team effort, of course. You know, we had uh, Sir Bradley and uh, Alan there, uh, you know, bringing this on. And we were in the lovely establishment called the king's cafe um it was right after i actually got this recorder that i was like we're we can actually be a little more mobile now and try to meet everybody else's needs a little bit better than just having them come into our little studio so we had that atmosphere going they've that's a venue where local bands have played as well so it you know such a great atmosphere great interview i know you all are gonna like it Tiny, I know you're gonna like it too. I'm I'm very excited, sir. I'm I'm waiting just like everybody else. So. Well, uh, I think I've gilded the lily quite enough, so let's get to it, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Uh, from Deadpan Studio Podcast, I present to you, Mr. Steve Jewell Jr. of Otis. <laughs> So uh, what we were talking about before you got here, this is the first one we're recording, mm-hmm. and I haven't scheduled anybody else yet. They've agreed to it, but we haven't did a date. Yeah. So I, we're not sure. If I don't hear it. Yeah, I don't either. Um, unless I get like right here. I can I'm, hear I mean, you. Which is fine because I can hear you partially. There you go. Quit stealing my fucking lines, man. <laughs> what? <laughs> my fucking line. That's, That's what my can be to go through. <laughs> I hate using a mic stand. You go for it, man. I, yeah. I, I've go. been more comfortable doing this since I got that than anything. So You're comfortable having something in your hands, let's see. Damn straight, man. Because since it's going to be like a <laughs> soaky nostalgia, yeah. is, um, so we talk about the past and how it lead, led into today. So with Close this five-part series, it'll be an individual deal for the people that we're interviewing. Yeah. And Greg will be the one to go all the way back to like Lonzo and Oscar and yeah. Oh yeah, man, that'd be you, cool. You know, like a, hi, a really actual cool. history <clears throat> storytelling of the music from this area. Well, see, that's what's so. pretty cool is that uh, with Otis's music, I, I, I know you all describe yourself as deep southern blues rock. Yeah, man. Yeah, you draw from all sorts of influences. I can I can hear Buddy Guy. I can hear. I don't know if you all yeah. are actually pulling from him, but I can I can hear, you know, Muddy Waters. I can hear uh, Skinnerd. You mm. know, just. I can hear all sorts of stuff every time. I, every time one of your songs comes up, uh, it's it's that's where your nostalgia kicks mm-hmm. in because you know your sound is new, right? And yet, it's playing. not. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, real quickly, what? did you ever hit a record button? Yeah, you did. Right yeah, awesome. you did. Okay, we got no fucking intro. I had no idea we were. Recording. No, no, no. <laughs> was you not here for that conversation? <laughs> well, he was, but he wasn't. Oh. <laughs> 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 no, because we usually we have that little five second silent. No, it'll it'll be revamped. Oh no, this one this one's just we're going right into it. Man. No, it's we're just spitting on it, going organic. right in. <laughs> yeah, 
do like the Joe Rogan thing. Right. One, two, three, and we're live. Light up. <laughs> <laughs> the cool thing about this recorder, though, is it, it records a backup file. So Sweet. So we're covered. Yeah. <laughs> it records it on board and on the SDs. I'm so glad our audience needs to know this uh, technical information. Well, they wouldn't have if you hadn't have interrupted. <laughs> we were talking about well, influences. Yeah. I didn't know we were hitting fucking records. <laughs> so, but didn't it just sound better going right into it? I love going straight into it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing feels better than that. <laughs> he lubes himself up way too often. Oh yeah, yeah. Remember that conversation about the self-rising baking powder? Mm-hmm. <laughs> self-rising. <laughs> <laughs> What was that? that? Sounds I, fun. What was that conversation? <laughs> oh, f- I don't even remember. I don't even remember. You know, so I've had a lot of so shit go on since then. Soaking nostalgia, the Howard Stern edition. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Let's do it. I, <laughs> I was listening to it on the way over. Well, kind of playing off, you know, what you, what you were talking about, what you were asking. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, we are uh, influenced um, as a whole, you know, Southern roots music. Uh, there's been so much music that's come out of the South. Because of um, areas like Muscle Shows, who had famed studios that put out like uh, Wilson Pickett, Aretha Franklin, stuff like that. Uh, Sun out of Memphis, Sun Records that had like Johnny Cash and mm-hmm. put out some Helen Wolf stuff and Elvis Presley and Jerry Lee Lewis. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, Kentucky is, I always say, it, we're kind of in a great spot. Um, we're right in between the Mississippi Delta. And the Chicago blues movement that oh, happened yeah. in the 50s. And then you go up a little bit farther north to the right, and you get Motown um, from out of Detroit and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, you know, we're influenced by all that stuff and by the people who influenced them going all the way back to, um, you know, Charlie Patton or Sunhouse. But, um, you know, where it first started from to kind of bring it full circle to Silky Nostalgia um, one of the biggest bands that had a profound impact on us when we were first getting serious was Rufus Huff, oh, yeah. a local band mm-hmm. uh, out of here. And um, last Greg time I Martin. saw him, yeah, sir, last time I saw him playing at Tidballs a few years mm-hmm. ago. Oh, a man. local band with a famous yeah, name. man, straight up. Yeah, <laughs> had Greg Martin, of course, from the Headhunters. Um, Brother Dean Smith yep. on bass, uh, Chris Hardesty on drums, and my cousin, cousin Jared England on vocals. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, those guys have, have been no around. Shit. Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Small fucking world. Yeah. Straight Jared, okay. man, he's done all, you know, he's played, done all kinds of shit with different different people. All those guys have. Greg from the Headhunters, of course, and Mighty Jeremiah's. Uh, of course, obviously influenced by all of those bands. And Dean and Chris uh, have played with uh, Super Fuzz, who was a I big band Fuzz, yeah. you know, from this area. They've had a profound impact. Wow. I know on Blackstone Cherry and yeah. a lot of other bands that came out of the Glasgow area. And um, let's see. And Chris Hardesty later went on to play with the Fender Benders, uh, who, you know, over the years the band became close with. And there at the end, Boone sang for them some. But, uh, yeah, man, you know, it all kind of goes back for us to um, what we have in our own back door, you know, mm-hmm. being big influenced by, you know, Blackstone Cherry, the things that they were doing, just for the fact that they were a young, current band that broke out and caught success. So, you know, it kind of inspired, I think, us and many other local bands that we people. could do it too. Yeah, because before Blackstone Cherry, at least around <laughs> in this area, in the Bowling Green, Warren County, and mm-hmm. Metcalf County areas, Every time a band would start, two years done. 
it's, it's hard, just, man. It is. It's a hard road. And <laughs> mine I, I mine didn't last hard. two years. <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, it's just one of those things. If it's something you really want to do, you just got to be willing to make mm-hmm. the sacrifices. I mean, you know, it ain't like it was back in the eighties, you know, you, yeah. you play you, five you know, years ago. Yeah. Three years ago. Yeah. I mean, it's changed. And that's so one fast. of the great. That's one of the changes every day. Probably yeah. one of the most respectable things about Blackstone Cherry is you still got the same members. <laughs> yeah. You know what was it? Two thousand one. I think when they got together, yeah, around two thousand two thousand. Yeah, first album yeah. like oh three. Yeah. 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 Well, it's like you know, not to call them out or anything because I, I was I was a really <clears> big fan of both their uh, music when I uh, Jalam, which eventually mm. became Chasing Lane. Yeah. I'm yeah. Sure. And, you know, you the, two of the members. Stayed. The rest of them left. Mm-hmm. Changed their name. Got almost there. Almost yeah. there. And then just crap. Great music, man. <laughs> yeah. Great yeah. lyrics. Like, yeah. yeah. All those Chris Klein. Chris. I think they. I uh, he went to August Red Moon for uh, for an album. Chris yeah. Klein's did. And, mm. So many great bands, man, yeah. around here. And then there's so many different variations of great bands from other members of other bands got together and joined this yeah. band and stuff like that <laughs> it's like uh, it's like the, their own little versions of a super group <clears throat> yeah almost uh, not to, i hate you know i know that's kind of kind of a uh, bad thing to say mm. when it comes to music super group yeah. well i just seen an article uh where billy gibbons apparently is doing another super group <laughs> I didn't really? read much detail on it, but yeah, it was posted not like supersonic blue a few thing. days ago. No, I'm not sure. I think I think it said six days ago. That man's a genius. Anytime I hear supergroup, I, th- I think Traveling Wilburys, but <laughs> it's just me. Everybody, kn- everybody knows how I feel about Tom Petty. So yeah, <laughs> Billy Gibbons is an interesting cat, man. He's a man of mystery. Last time I talked to him, I talked to him on the phone at White Castles about <laughs> five or six months ago. Just a kind of look of the draw thing, and hey, you never uh, know where he's going to turn up. I mean, yeah, I, yeah. All of a sudden, I, I've got a TV turn on. And there he was on what was it, Parks and Rec? Hmm. Uh, uh, no, no. What, he played somebody's dad. I can't remember. Just all of a sudden, he's somebody's dad on a show. <laughs> Come out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, crazy. Yeah, he's a man of mystery. He's uh, a interesting cat. I remember uh, Boone a couple of years ago, but three, four years ago, Brian Farmer, who was the uh, guitar tech for Warren Haynes oh, government yeah, yeah. and all that he passed away and his funeral was in Nashville and uh Boone and Greg went down to the funeral and as they were getting ready to leave Nashville Billy called and asked him if they wanted to hang because he was in Nashville um so they turned back around and hung out with Billy and his wife at dinner for like four hours and uh he was just it was just crazy Boone was talking you know like the whole time you know Boone wanted to pick his brain about right. stuff oh, and yeah. instead he was picking Boone's brain about stuff like what guitars did you use on your first record you know and, <laughs> well and I remember seeing a picture of him holding up uh, yeah, man. the tribute to uh, is, is it Brim? Uh, Brim Brim okay okay mm-hmm. well that makes sense because it's not an E <laughs> yeah, man Kentucky is an interesting place uh, when it comes to music mm-hmm. and music history and the the story behind that john brim was from um, hopkinsville kentucky who migrated up to chicago during the uh, around the 50s blues movement thing and john brim wrote the song uh, ice cream man that uh, van halen cut on their first record mm-hmm. and he uh, got to record and write and play and all that good stuff with a lot of the blues greats like little walter and elmore james so that's kind of where that came from that project idea was uh Greg Martin, and he asked us to kind of collaborate on that with him, and it worked out, and it was a fantastic thing for us. Changed our band doing that record. And um, 
you know, there was this gentleman named Sylvester Weaver, who's from Louisville, Kentucky. Um, he is documented as the first person ever to record slide guitar. Uh, he did it before Robert Johnson, Charlie no Patton, all those guys. He did it about two or three years, I think, before Robert Johnson did. Uh, he cut two tracks in New York City. I can't remember the record label, and he used, I think, a pocket knife. Uh, to play slide guitar with. <laughs> Back in those days, man, they'd break like a you know a neck bottle off a wine bottle or a right. bottle or anything they had around, right? Yeah. Pocket knife or whatever they could use. And so, I mean, you know, we got a lot of great history here uh, in Kentucky when it comes to music, um, but all throughout that, the whole state. You know, yeah, I mean, that's one of the things that people don't realize about Kentucky is that uh, when you hear the word <clears throat> Kentucky, you think, oh, it's it's all country music. Which all, that's exactly. that, that's all well and good, but uh, you know, country is mainly down the Nashville, Tennessee area mm-hmm. more so. We're up here because we're such a central state. You get more, uh, you get the southern sound. You get a little bit of blues. You get a, a you get a little, definitely country. You get anything from the north. You get hard rock. You get punk. Yeah. You get metal. I mean anything. Yeah, I think a lot of that has to do with. Uh, I heard Greg Martin talk about you know when they were kids coming up starting out there was a radio station out of nashville that broadcasted all the way up throughout this whole area and you know they would play everything and again you know kentucky like i talk about you know it's kind of the center point for like just great southern roots music you know with memphis having sun records with elvis presley and all that stuff and making georgia having capricorn records that was kind of like the birth of southern rock that's where like the almond brothers were based out of and little richard and james brown's from there (laughs) <laughs> and, uh, you know, Muscle Shows and then, you know, up north a little bit. You know, you got Chicago and Chess Records, Chess Brothers, and then Motown. And then if you go to the left a little bit, St. Louis and stuff that came out of there. And, you know, so Kentucky's just kind of in this spot and right in the middle, I think, you know, of uh, a lot of it. And, you know, it's weird because when you think about a lot of – people music-wise that's came out of Kentucky, you get everything from Billy Ray Cyrus Cyrus. to Blackstone Cherry Mm -hmm. to uh, Dwight Yoakam, you know, to, um, what's that band out of of Louisville? Man, gone gone blank. They're um, My Morning Jacket. My Morning Jacket. Out of Louisville. They're in Cage the Elephant. Cage the Elephant. So Cage the Elephant to Dwight Yoakam. I mean, that's (laughs) two drastic differences. (laughs) And, um, you know, and then, I don't know, there's something about our area, man, um, I think a lot of it has to to do uh, with, you know, the Headhunter guys because mm-hmm. of Itchy Brother and stuff like that. They kind of, when Itchy Brother came out, you know, they were just, just an amazing blues rock band. Mm-hmm. And uh, they almost got signed to Swan Song Records. And their appeal to Swan Song, from what I heard, Mitchell Fox, who worked for Swan Song, later managed the Kentucky Headhunters. And the way he kind of conceived and the the, uh, the Itchy Brother before the Kentucky Hunters were they were kind of like a country Led Zeppelin. That's kind of what he thought. And I mean, so ever since we've had Itchy Brother, it's had a profound impact on bands like us, to Blackstone Cherry, to Tail Dragger, to Super Fuzz, and you know if you just keep going back, Gear, Jalom, oh, or Chasing Lane, whoever. And then the, the bands that <clears throat> aren't floor. necessarily from this particular area oh, yeah. are now mm-hmm. under the wing of Greg and. Yeah, you know, you got what the uh, Georgia, Georgia Thunderbolts. Yeah, they're working with Richard. Um, yeah, and then you know the Greg. Uh, one band I'm really interested in and really been watching a lot is a band called Sour Cream out of Lexington. It's uh, Greg's grandkids. Yeah. 
is in it. Huh. His uh, grandsons, um, uh, two of them, uh, Harlan, his grandson that plays guitar, and his other grandson, uh, John, that plays drums, and their friend Kobe plays bass. And just amazing, man. It's like uh, one of the first times I saw them live. I think they opened up for us in Lexington, and the whole time, you know, it's just brought back this whole nostalgia <laughs> if you will of just being buddies back in high school jamming and they just have this fun energy about them it just makes me wish i could go back and you know play the venue on a friday night here in glasgow right. which you, which you mentioned that you know that's you know otis has that same energy i feel like on stage i've seen him when i've seen him perform oh, over, awesome, at, uh, over at Riblickers. you know this first time yeah. I, ever, I ever saw it that's the first time i'd ever heard the music first time i'd ever right seen on, it I, and i was i was like man this is fun. Well, I was shocked. <laughs> like, I, I met It's Boone. different. I love it. I'm not sure. You you guys pro- might have already known one another uh, Cytel days. Yeah. Uh, oh, Jesus. That's that's yeah, we all start somewhere, right? That's how I met Boone was working yeah. there, and Steve uh, worked there at one point, <coughs> too. And yeah. I did not know that Boone was a singer that he played yeah. anything. I knew mm-hmm. Steve well, did because yeah. our dads used to be in a band together. Nightfall. Yeah, we go way back. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> so um and and Those, your and his dad, yeah. Steve Senior, was in a few bands, like not just yeah. Nightfall. Like, mm-hmm. Nightfall was kinda like a it was a rebirth of the the Nightfall band. Yeah. Because right. that was years a name ago. yeah a different set of guys years ago. But um anyway, they were like, Yeah, we're gonna be playing at the Horse Cave Heritage Festival. I'm like okay, well I'll come check it out. Mm. And after when I was like, oh my god, because I already knew what Steve could do. Uh-huh. But when I heard Boone sing, I told him later on, I was like, dude, if I had a pair of panties, I'd throw them at you. It's <laughs> like my good because he talks Secret like he, he's so he's lying he's so, only because they were already wet. <laughs> <laughs> but like he, he's so like you know it's it's almost like um, when you find out that Gilbert Gottfried doesn't really talk like that. Blows your mind. Yeah. You know, you know, because in, in reality, Gilbert's like, you know, yeah. hey, how you doing? And then when he's on stage, well, let me do. Yeah. yeah. Boone, in normal conversation, yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. And he gets on stage, and it's like freaking comes alive. Chicken man. soup for the soul. <laughs> you hey, man, when you feel it, you yeah. feel it, right? Yeah. You're right. I would <laughs> say awesome. Boone's our secret weapon, but I kind of feel that about all three of them. Yeah. Oh, man. If anybody's the winkest length, I guess it's me. Yeah. <laughs> Seely was involved in, in that band. Uh, in Nightfall yeah. for a minute, yeah. Man, uh, like, uh, yeah, Alan, man, me and Alan go way back. Like, uh, those famous days, like, some of the most legendary concerts people recite back to, like, Woodstock or the Fillmore yeah. East or Fillmore West days, but I've always thought to us in our area, and for me, in our generation, I pinpoint the convention center, mm. and when Blackstone, Cherry, and the Headers used to put on the convention center Toys shows, for and I'll, yeah. I went with them to Alan. First time I ever went to any of those. Alan and I went together because, um, God, I remember when they were first uh, breaking out, Blackstone Cherry was, and was really getting a lot of buzz around here locally. If I had a penny, a half a penny for everybody that said, John Fred's my cousin. Man. <laughs> yeah, I know Ben, man. He's dating my cousin, sister's yeah, my, ex-wife. My nephew, yeah, my nephew's, my nephew's wife used yeah. to always go, yeah, John Fred's my cousin. <laughs> All the time, all the time. Dude, like, yeah. Uh, I had an argument. Well, I didn't have an argument. I just didn't argue at all. (laughs) Uh, When I owned... It was a lecture, and he was just there. Boone and I owned... uh, used to own Music Is Me. We bought it from some of the Blackstone Cherry guys. And uh, 
This guy came in one day, convinced, fully convinced, he knew everything about John Fred. And uh, <laughs> for those of you that don't know, as far as my understanding, John Fred's an only child. And uh, this guy come in was yep. asking me if Blackstone Cherry's still around playing. Uh, yeah, man. They're <laughs> <laughs> oh, still man. around playing. They're doing pretty <laughs> good. So if anybody, I think they're in like Europe right now or a different country. And he was like, okay, well, uh, my sister's kind of sick and – uh, I was going to see if I could get his band to uh, come play like a, a benefit thing for him because I went to school with John Fred's sister and, and we used to hang out a lot and uh, and then he started telling me he's like yeah man they got their big break because uh, you know Ben uh, his daddy's Doug Phelps bass player for the Headhunters and oh uh, Ben's daddy Doug you know got them uh, on a world tour uh, you know with, uh, with Kid Rock and Kid Rock took him over to Japan and did all his stuff and got him on their record label and boy it really blew up i, I mean i could argue but i was just like this you can't make this up right no i, I, I don't, I don't care how much i've drank oh, or, or what i've wow. smoked i couldn't made that up right. so i was just I like really I, i've so. forgotten a lot of the stuff that because a lot of the stuff I, I've, I've heard about blackstone cherry that apparently was true but it couldn't be further from it was around the time that they first really started mm. they started uh yeah. self-titled and then folklore yeah. and superstition that's when i remember a school teacher i ain't gonna say his name because he is a musician uh me and my buddy shelby miles mm -hmm. uh we, we were it was right after folklore and superstition came out and and we wanted this teacher to hear it mm -hmm. and uh he was he listened and he's talking about chris and as shelby was like you know chris is alan's cousin yada 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 mm. so he listens and then he goes yeah, they're really good, but he ain't going to have that voice in five years. <laughs> <laughs> How long has it been since folklore and superstition came out? Oh, <laughs> He's better than ever. Yeah. You know? Yeah, like, man. It's, just, it's, oh. it's, it's funny to me. Boom, it's the same thing, man. Boom caught so much shit in hell starting out um, from a lot of people around here saying that um, it was a long time they were just three-piece because they were really into, like, Cream and Hendrix yeah. and mm -hmm. three-piece type bands. And, yeah. Um, you know, a lot of people gave him a lot of hell saying, you know, um, you don't need to be singing. You're not that good. Y'all probably need to find a new singer. And, you know, getting around that time, I guess, you know, go through puberty, you go through yeah. things, your voice changes and right. all that. He used to kind of have like this hoarseness type thing to him, but uh, he, uh, you know... I think proved all them wrong. Yeah, absolutely. He's, did. To me, he's absolutely. like a fine wine. He just gets better with age, oh, you know. Yeah. And um, you know, to hear him. That's now, why he's so soft spoken. <laughs> he's you, he's, he's, he's yeah. reserving it. Oh, uh, it's just, know, I don't know, man. Like that, and um, there's just something about the power of ski ski drinks. <laughs> <laughs> it's like everybody's got their. That's not from yeah. here. What ski? <clears throat> yeah, everybody's got their like go-to thing that like works for them. Him, of course, it's, you know, sleep, and uh, he likes to get hot when he's on stage. If he starts getting hot and sweating, mm -hmm. it kind of helps, you know, loosen him up, up stuff yeah. and kind of get some gunk out of his throat and all that good stuff and ski, which makes sense because it's got citrus in it, yeah. which uh, my big thing uh, before I play is I like to drink, like, a lot of, like, lemon water. Yeah. Boone, he kind of likes lime in his water. Yeah, it's like, a, you know, one of the... <laughs> Good for your throat. We, you know, right. we do we do acting. I'm not going to... He do, he's more professional actor than we are. We His first... It's going to be yeah. number two on stage. Mm -hmm. I've, been in, I've been doing theater for a few years, but one of the That's things awesome. that we, at least I normally do before I get on stage, especially if i got a bigger part, is uh, I'll drink pickle juice. 
Pickle juice? Pickle juice, pineapple juice. No, I'm not doing this. I'm, I'm reckless. Because <laughs> I'll f- throw it up all over the place. I'm reckless. I'll drink a Mountain Dew and smoke a few cigarettes. And, <laughs> of course you will. Yeah. I, of course yeah. you will. Me, I'm, hopefully I'll break that one day. But <laughs> I've been I've lucky always, so far I haven't lost my voice during performance. Yeah. Yet, so. What I've had somebody tell me that makes a lot of sense, uh, that helps with that, you know, from losing your voice or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I heard the key is water, but it's drinking enough water days before your event. Right. Yeah, yeah so, that. so that, because here's the thing, uh, throughout the night you're going to become dehydrated. So what that's yeah. going to do, is it's going to keep you loose before you even, even start, and then it's going to oh, protect God, yeah. you because you're not dehydrated. I never, <clears throat> I can fully. I'm taking understand. all the notes I can get right now. Yeah, <laughs> I fully can, can back you up on that because I didn't know the reality of that until uh, our European tour this it. summer. We played in Germany, and we we played this Berg Harrisburg festival in, in Germany and um, they don't have a lot of air conditioner over there. Mm-hmm. Not in like hotels or houses or anything like that. Cause they really don't get that hot where they no, have to. That's no, usually about the <coughs> mid eighties, you know, yeah. 90 at the hottest in the middle right. of summer. This was uh, <laughs> we played when we played the Berg Harrisburg festival that day, it was the hottest day ever recorded in German history. And we played during the hottest time of the day. We played from 3.45 p.m. to 5.15 p.m. <laughs> and it reached, I think they said, around 104, 105 in the middle of our set. And uh, we didn't lose anybody. I mean, we had 20,000 people out there the whole time while we played. And it was so hot that the soles of on my boots melted to the stage. <laughs> God. And you couldn't even hardly play the guitar because oh the strings were on fire. Okay. But what was funny was... Um, you know, they don't drink like cold drinks with ice and stuff like no, that. It's, it's all usually, hot. Yeah. yeah. So they would bring you these like fairly kind of cold bottles of water. Mm-hmm. And I literally, I had two songs to drink them because if I waited any more than two songs, they were just hot sitting in yeah. the shade. Mm-hmm. And I sweat so much. I think all of us, for we did, we talked about this. We sweat so much that we stopped sweating. And when you sweat that much, where you're that yeah. dehydrated, and there's just nothing to sweat out more, Man. that's when you know you're like in trouble. Yeah. So we were like, you know, fisting two, you know, bottles of water <laughs> every other song I'm all as about much fisting. as we could. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, uh, yeah, that's 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 a big important key, I think, is being properly hydrated. You know. Oh yeah. So yeah. I yeah, do that's... I do have an official uh, interview question. Yeah, man. What's the worst question you've been asked in an interview? Ooh, that's a good question. That one. That uh, one. Yeah, that's what that I was going to say. <laughs> How cliche. That's why I wrote it, just in case. Uh, let me think. I don't... I don't I don't really know. I don't know if I've really been asked like any crazy questions, but... Uh, I'm sure you get asked a lot of the same ones. Yeah, are you guys brothers or you know, <laughs> stuff like that. One of the How funny do you write ones. Songs? Yeah, one of the funny ones that come to mind was uh, Boone did an interview with uh, this English fellow uh, <laughs> who now resides in Mississippi, I think, last two years ago um, when our latest album came out. And, like, this guy, I don't know if he's been hanging around in the South too long or, or what, but, like, right out of the gate. Um, he was asking Boone what his name was, and, you know, he couldn't hardly pronounce it. And uh, he said, is it Boone Foggett? And it sounded like, you know, it sounded like he said something else. And, uh, yeah, that's what it sounded like. So Boone was like, yeah, man, sure, just kind of went on with it. But, uh, yeah, one of the most craziest, well, that's not a crazy Put it on a question, T-shirt. But, 
I mean, one, it could be the dumbest thing, any, yeah. anything like that, yeah. <laughs> one of the most, I guess, funny questions that I, it's always funny to us that we get asked is, are we brothers? Because uh, usually they always say, like, Andrew and John looks alike, and then now I'm hearing that, you know, me and John look alike, or Boone and Andrew look mm-hmm. alike. And I think what it has to do with is uh, – Jonas Brothers. That, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking Hanson, but, you know. There you go. Mm, Bob, it's gone. Man, you know, being in a band is a completely different type of marriage in itself. Right. And yeah. if you notice how people, if they're married long enough, they start to look like each other. Yeah. 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 I think yeah, maybe that's what it is. You know, it's, it's, it's true. A, yeah. It's a little freaky. It that way, you know, if you can think of it that way, then like a band of brothers, you know. Put yeah, absolutely, man. So, yeah. Uh, let's, let's pause for a minute. I got to piss. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> All right. All right, well, that was a good break. Uh, <laughs> you remember where you were? Oh, no, it it, uh, it separates it, so... No, do I, you remember where you were? Oh, no, I... I I'll talk in my, Ask me what was the silliest question. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, the silliest the question you've been asked. question you've yeah. ever fucking heard. I mean... Uh, I had a backup in case he said something I didn't think was the most useful, <clears throat> was the, uh, the stupidest, so I had one ready. I would kind of encourage it, actually, but it's like a lot of people that does all this reviewing and interviewing and stuff like that... Um, it just seems like a lot of people are going to the motions, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, we got a great publicist that we work with at a um, Las Vegas that hooks me up with a lot, of, a bunch of radio interviews and stuff for tour press. And you know, I do these radio interviews, man, with a lot of these radio stations, and I'm thankful for them. And I'm just not saying anything bad, but you know, a lot of it's just kind of <clears throat> the same shit. Like they're just going through the motions. Mm-hmm. Like, so tell me about the record. What is it like being in a rock and roll band out on the road? They have a, all this it seems like they have a bulleted crap. list. You know, just one right after the <laughs> yeah. other. Yeah, how's the tour going? All they you know? all they got to right. do is do a little bit of research. Right. I mean. That's uh, kind of why I love podcasts so much, man, because you can literally do whatever the hell you oh, want hell yeah, and ask man. whatever you want. And just, yeah, I feel like it's more real. Oh, and is. I feel like in today's society and the climate we're in, people are starving for crap that's more real. Mm-hmm. They want more real shit. Yep. And that's that's why I like, you got to be real, man. Oh, yeah. That's why a lot of this stuff, I think, you know, is working out so well. And uh-huh. uh, it's like I tell a lot of people, Alan, I was talking about it outside earlier, that, you know, I tell all the people all the time, um, that YouTube is the new television and podcast is the new radio. Yeah, yep. firmly it believe is. that. I do too. I have I have probably a <laughs> um, hundred hours of unlistened to podcasts from my. You know, I just that's all you so hear much. about anymore is podcasts. Yeah, man. Yeah, I don't. You know, I don't. Um, I do. You know, I do kind of half and half. I do a lot of radio interviews and yeah. for, for blogs, sites, magazines, stuff like that. But um, I also do some podcast interviews as well. Yeah, I'm sure the, the and, longer, uh, you know, the longer the whole trip uh, with yeah, Otis goes, it, you're going to get a Yeah, you'll enjoy it, but you also get a lot of the same stupid questions. Yeah, and I'm sure that this is probably <laughs> your favorite, so. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, yeah, so uh, the... The dumbest question is going to be, what's your most useless talent? Don't answer that. <laughs> oh, I can. Um, uh, I get a really strong right? hey, If I want to remember for something, it's by asking that question. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's tell you, I sprung something man. on Steve. I think it was at Rib Liquors. Oh. I just walked up after they got done playing Ooh, and I had my really? Snapchat video recording. <laughs> and I said, words of wisdom from Mr. Steve Jewell Jr. And he goes, literally just a split second. Okay. If you uh, go to sleep... With a uh, itchy butthole, you wake up with a smelly finger. Yeah. Chinese folklore wise. Yeah. He who goes to bed with itchy butthole wakes up with stinky finger. <laughs> I have a friend of mine that uh, whenever we have a new person uh, hang out with us, uh, he'd go, uh, 
he, he'd always put them through this question just to break mm. the ice and make them a little uncomfortable. He'd go, so if uh, you and I went camping and you wake up oh, with a, and your asshole's really sore, would you oh, tell anybody? Yeah, of course, your first normal reaction is going to be, oh, hell no. He goes, you want to go camping? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> How many times have I heard that as a teenager <laughs> as soon as i heard where you were going uh, yeah, that's, you that's, were, how many uh, times did you go camping i mean you could, have, you could have hemorrhoids i mean it could be earlier you're talking about factor. you know people talking and telling rage. stories that obviously aren't true if if you know even a little bit of fact about you know blackstone cherry or anybody but one yeah. that I, I hope is true because it's pretty funny <clears throat> Uh, Shelby, again, mm-hmm. he grew up around Ben and, and John Fred. Names, so anyway, <laughs> he, uh, Jessica White, you know, Wild and Wonderful Whites of West Virginia, Boone mm-hmm. County, Dancing Outlaw. Yeah. Uh, the Headhunters did a song uh, dedicated to Jessica. J- Jessica, don't you know you're mm-hmm. the star? <laughs> so anyway, Shelby was saying that he was he was there with Richard and and John Fred, and somehow or another. Uh, Jesco got brought up, and Richard was saying how apparently he didn't like the song, and he put a knife to Richard's neck one night. It, it could have been because of multiple reasons. I almost wondered if it's not because of the song, if it was more or less because, hey, y'all owe me some money for that song. <laughs> yeah, it might have been that, too. It could have been anything. But uh, anyway, listen to that story. Shelby said John Fred goes, hmm, I think Blackstone Cherry Yard play a show in Boone County. Richard said, oh, don't man. you go there, John Fred. He's crazy. He'll kill you. <laughs> oh, I get along with everybody. <laughs> Just always cracked me up hearing yeah. him telling that. When they played, uh, Headhunters did play somewhere close to there. Or they came or something to one of the shows that Heads play. And I think I heard um, they had to have the National Guard out for security. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, wow. they, they, they well, I can't wait to ask Greg about that one. <laughs> yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah. I know there's uh, a guy... Uh, was telling me, I think that he used to be part of Hank Three's road crew. Um, they played somewhere, Lexington, Nashville, or something like that. And Hank Three, uh, for a little bit, would have Jesco come out and kind of dance to his thing or whatever. Right. Um, Jesco was dating this girl, I think I heard. And Jessica, uh, Otis' sister Mamie, I think, started screwing around with the same girl, his oh, girlfriend. No. And then uh, that show, that one uh, particular show, I think they had to put them in hotels on opposite sides of the city. Because <laughs> <laughs> everyone wanted to try to kill opposite each other. Opposite sides girl. of the city. Oh, wow. What <laughs> men do for uh, I, well. I was watching an interview um, Black Keys on Joe Rogan, and uh, they were talking about, you know, right when – uh, the whole hype of Jesco was going on. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, they played the Ryman for the first time, and they invited Jesco out. And they were going to have Jesco up on the Ryman. The Black think, Keys. Yeah, to do his thing. And uh, he just started being crazy. And I think they, like, security had to, like, throw him, literally throw him out the back door. They I believe threw it. him so hard, knocked his shoes off. Well, if Roseanne, <laughs> crazy. if Roseanne Barr kicks you off her show, you know that you're pretty, uh, yeah. you're pretty screwed up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Which happened? He, yeah. he was a guest. On, anyway, speaking of yeah. Joe Rogan, anybody yet? Uh, obviously, you watch him. His, uh, oh yeah. His, uh, did you see the one with Mike Tyson? Oh yeah. <laughs> you watch Mike Tyson's podcast? Yeah, I love it. He just sits there and interviews people, and they just smoke, and it's called Hot Box with Mike Tyson. It's just <laughs> hilarious. 
<laughs> oh, man, that's and and you know the dude's in his almost sixty years old. And he's still got it. You ever see him move around like a Mike? Oh yeah, yeah. I was watching a clip. It wasn't even oh, an hour ago. Uh-uh. He was in his studio and just showing kind of people some stuff. And yeah, it's uh, it's crazy. I mean, man. he's still you know, he's a unique down. guy. Yeah, I yeah. still think Rocky Balboa could take him. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's why it's fiction, maybe. <laughs> Rocky couldn't uh, handle Thunderlips. I don't know how he's after a old boy from Russia. He still wore out after that. Yeah, right. <laughs> Drago. Speaking of which, I watched, uh, I think, Creed 1 and 2 oh, on the plane ride movies. home from Europe uh, this summer. Okay, like after I got done watching Creed Two, I was like, "Bye, guy, get me out of this plane." <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm ready to conquer the world. Man. <laughs> Isn't that the longest flight? <laughs> oh God, uh, we so we flew from flying to there. We flew out of Chicago to um, uh, where was it? Uh, somewhere in Germany. I can't remember. It wasn't Munich. Dusseldorf. Dusseldorf. Maybe. Yeah. I think we flew to Dusseldorf. I can't remember. We flew from Chicago to Germany, and uh, it was like. Eight and a half hours, I think. My first plane, the first time ever on a plane was last year when we went to Europe for the first time, and uh, that was from uh, JFK in New York City to London, and that was like a little bit over seven hours. Uh, I did okay. Uh, the only problem I had was flying home last year. Ah, I remember that. <laughs> we yeah. were flying home. I mean, man, I can't even begin to tell you all just all the stress and stuff that kind of mm-hmm. goes into a lot of this you know when you're a band like us man you know um a lot of this it's just us four you know we're yeah. doing this on our own um we went through you know working you know with management and record labels and all that stuff and then uh, so now <clears throat> we're kind of like in this in-between process or whatever but um last year's first time we just you know went over and it's first time any of us really have ever been out of country uh, John and Andrew went to Mexico on their honeymoons, but, uh, to, you know, to play, like, on your own, you right. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Even if you're in Mexico, if you had to drive, you could still, you know, drive across drive the border. Yeah. But, like, you can't drive, you know, 3,000 miles across the no. ocean. I'm going to get in trouble, but that border goes both <coughs> ways. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's it's but, the climate of this world. I'm <laughs> yeah, I mean, man, it was a lot of stress. We all four said, you know, we're quitting our jobs. You know, we're going to do this. We're going to make it work. And mm-hmm. I don't know why that I thought, all right, we're going to Europe. So I've got to book us, you know, this U.S. tour from New York City to California <laughs> and back and all this stuff. I, I wouldn't change Looks good thing. on paper. Yeah. There's a lot of that shit, man. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's like, you know, putting on a resume. You work all these little things. <laughs> Never believe the hype. Fluff it up a little mm. bit. There's a lot of smoke and mirrors. So, yeah, <laughs> a lot of stuff. <laughs> but, uh, you know, and it was very nerve-wracking. We were really nervous. Uh, you know, there wasn't a lot of substantial amount of money. Uh, we had shows to get canceled because we didn't sell any tickets. Uh, we had shows that really didn't pay no more than $100. And uh, we're all quitting our jobs to go do this. Andrew hasn't even been married for a month. Right. And, um, you know, even when they were on their honeymoon, um, his wife got sick, you know, while they uh, were on their honeymoon and had to cut their honeymoon short. And props and, to him, dude. He went <laughs> yeah. into full-on, like, red mode. Like, he, <laughs> right. he got that taken care of quick. Right. I quick mean, he could. we got back home, and, you know, it wasn't no time. I don't even think she was fully healed back up, and we had to go to Europe. Yeah. So, you know, all of that and, you know, just uh, the stress and the pressure of making this work, it really 
done something, I think, to our show because when you literally have to go out there and play your ass off because right. you have no other choice. Yeah. You know, you're fully now invested and dedicated to this. It does something different to you. But uh, just so much stress, man. And uh, we had, I mean, not to say that we didn't have a lot of amazing fun. I'll never forget my first time, you know, out of the country and going to Europe and mm-hmm. seeing everything that we saw and doing the things that we'd done and, and, uh, you know, there's pros and cons to everything. It's a stepping stone. Oh, well, <coughs> you got to go through yeah. the. Even if, it, I mean, much less a stepping stone as a learning experience. Yeah, yeah, man. And that, 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 that's what the whole point of life is: it's experience, good right. or bad. I mean, dude, I, I you know, we all could have cried because um, we were getting ready to get on a plane, and John Fred texted me, and at, you know, our first show was in London. We played at the Boston Music Room, mm-hmm. and I always say, you know. It's just Otis. Welcome to Otis. But uh, our first show, as soon as we get on a plane, get ready to get on a plane, the flight was canceled Excuse me, because of uh, really bad snow. And then uh, we get there, and uh, over there, you know, they don't drive a lot because it's just ridiculous, the price of gasoline yeah. and diesel and all that. So yeah. their main, you know, transportation is like trains and taxis mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And all of that was shut down when we got there because of the weather, which played a drastic role you know on our show that kind of put a damper on things but um stuff like that we're just like yeah welcome to otis just another day (laughs) but uh john fred texted me and was asking me you know like hey where's your first show at and what time is and all this stuff and i told him and i figured maybe you know there's gonna tell some friends about it or a guy that works for them named joe mckinney who's from glasgow Mm -hmm. he lives in london now. shelby's cousin actually (laughs) right thought maybe, you know, say, say something like him to have him come out. But uh, um, he's like, well, yeah, man, well, you know, we're all coming. We're coming to your show. So and I was like, really? You guys are coming? And he's like, yeah, man, we wouldn't miss it for the world. <laughs> and uh, our very first time we ever played in Europe was in London in Blackstone Cherry was there. Nice. And, which was really cool. I mean, we got them <clears throat> up to jam some. And it was just. I was going to say, they wasn't even billed. They just got on. They just well, went on yeah, stage, right? I, it just worked out, man, because when we, they were over there at the same time we were, because they were doing press for right. their latest album, Family Tree, that came out. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and um, it's just weird. And, like, I still to this day don't think there's ever been that much Metcalf County and stuff in London, England. It's <laughs> <laughs> various surrounds. It's like, dude, I just saw you yesterday, you know, at, like, you know, Walgreens or McDonald's right. or something. Now we're in England together, and it's just Half, half the country speaking with Metcalf County. I uh, swear to God, I accents. see Ben at Walmart every month. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, they're, yeah. They're, for a, they're for a period of yeah. time I didn't sleep. So me and my buddies yeah. would go to Walmart at like two or three o'clock in the morning, <laughs> yeah. and there was Ben, and sometimes Ben and Jessica. They they were just yeah. it was like every yeah. single night. We were talking about that when we were over there, like, and that know. blows people's minds. Even yeah, I mean, here, I'm like, I saw, what, are you, what? I saw Ben at the gym, and then a week later, yeah. I saw Ben at a castle in Wales. <laughs> That's what we were talking about. It's that, like I'll see Steve, you know, when I'm jogging at the gym or, or, or whatever, and the next week you're playing together at a castle. You know, that, that's right. the thing people forget is that yeah, you all play all these venues and you do you know you play in front of so many people and everybody loves your music but it's, it's like awesome your people yeah, yeah. yeah it's just the families, surreal you have friends and you can you know you come back like you know you're here you're in you're in the king's cafe in glasgow yeah. kentucky doing a podcast yeah, here. thank you megan thank you megan i appreciate it uh, <laughs> sorry sorry for my language <laughs> why no. Not really. No. You just gotta be Hashtag you, man. Not sorry, <laughs> man. Uh, I mean, sorry not sorry. Yeah, it's like you know, Boone comes into the bank all the time. I work at. Yeah. 
I'll, I'll edit the name out. Uh, <laughs> that's just for my my job well being. And I see I see Ben like at the gym or Walmart. Yeah. Boone always sees John Fred at the bank. Yep. Uh, you won't hardly ever see Chris. I think he's just like a hermit crab. He likes to stay at home. Uh, it's just understandable. Oh yeah. The only yeah. time I've ever seen uh, I can remember seeing Chris out was uh, him and Ashley having dinner. And uh, one time he was getting his Xbox, something to do with his Xbox at GameStop. Yeah. That's the only time. Now, John Fred, I used to run in him all the time at the movies. Yeah. So you hear, hey, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's like, then, man, they, they were. And John, I never see him either, really. Some, sometimes, hey, I guess it just depends. I was just going to say, uh, they were over, you know, for like a, a month or so during the summer. Um, you know, we were out on a couple of days with them, and then they were home for like a week or two, and or however long they're at home, it was really short, and then they go back and do like another month with Alice Cooper, and then yeah. they weren't even home for a day. And I saw like John Hahn and his wife hanging out to dive in yep. Cape City, and because yep. he's working with that No Deceit band, and they were playing. Oh yeah. man, yeah, that's right, <clears throat> killer. And, um, yeah, so I mean, it's it's cool, you know. They don't necessarily hide too much, but there's no. I, I get it because um, well, everybody's got their own lives too. Oh, yeah. I mean, you right. don't expect to see. <laughs> You, you yeah. know, your best friend out every it's, day. Yeah. You it's got a life, you it's know. It's different, man, because for what we do, um, you have to live on a on this like schedule of no schedules. It's like yeah. a musician schedule. I can't even kind of really explain it. And uh, uh, I, th- I think uh, just you know the. We we probably understand that just you know just in small snippets. Acting's like the same way acting. for me. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I live yeah. in a planner. You know, that's, <laughs> it's that's hard for me to tell you I can be somewhere because I don't yeah. know what yeah. I'm going to be doing. That was a big thing for me. Um, trying to figure out how to how to adjust to that because I like structure mm-hmm. and um, I like you know a schedule so to a degree, and you know I've always kind of enjoyed like you know going to bed at a decent hour. No later than like midnight, and maybe getting up at least seven or something drinking mm-hmm. coffee. I'm such feeling, an old man. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm on the downhill slope to forty. My decent, my decent hours uh, ten thirty, yeah. eleven o'clock. Right. I you know, think I'm the oldest one here. So, but I have to make myself. No, you are older than me, aren't yeah. you? By a few days. Yeah, I have to make myself like stay on this schedule because, um, you know, like a lot of times, what we'll do. Is, uh, for example, we did a run, and our last show was in Iowa, and we drove straight back. We just After the show, we got in a van in Iowa and drove 12 hours straight to Glasgow. Didn't get a hotel or nothing. <laughs> and I drove us home, yeah. and I didn't sleep. And, you know, I Is had, that because of the driver? <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> that's because I was driving. Oh, there you go. <laughs> and then, and then, a you smart know, way to do it. Yeah. Stay awake. Yeah. yeah, we did a run earlier this year where we went up to, like, Vermont and back. You know, we were, like, I don't know, 20 minutes from... Canadian border it's oh, wow the only farthest state up you can go farther than Vermont I think is Maine but uh, we were pretty far up and it took 24 hours to drive back to Kentucky and we only stopped we just drove straight back we got home the next day after our last show we stopped um for a couple of hours just to pull over and kind of sleep a little bit but mm-hmm. you know that's very um that's a big part of it you know how we do it because um you know, the way that the climate is in today's uh, music industry, they don't want to take a chance or try to curate anything based upon, you know, taste or, right. or, or talent. The uh, only thing they really give a shit about is just metrics. Yeah. So you literally have to, to go out and do things like we've been doing that would break up most bands. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm talking about, you know, sleeping in a van. Right. Um, Tensions. Eating crap food because you, I mean, <clears throat> sometimes you can't even afford dollar menu from McDonald's. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we've, like this past winter, 
back in February, you know, we were sleeping in a van around Chicago and Iowa uh, when they had that big winter vortex, and it was oh, colder yeah. in, uh, in Iowa and Chicago where we were at that day than it was in Antarctica. Just a play for a handful of people. They Make need to, they need to money. hire a, a Karen. I need some <laughs> manager to ride around with them. So. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, uh, you know, a lot of bands would love to have stuff like that, man, but uh, uh, you just can't afford it. And the way today's music industry works, unless uh, they're making money off of you or you want to pay them, yeah. they hey. don't really want to mess with you. You know, with acting... Networking is a huge part of yeah. it, and I can I can see with the all the bands, all the name drops that have taken place tonight. You know, Georgia Thunderbolts, who they got in their corner. Well, Richard you gotta, Young, you, gotta understand, you, you know, know, you guys. A lot of these bands, Richard Gregg, are Blackstone able to make money. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's a. I think that's the especially it's from a, what I've been able to witness personally is the biggest thing to help, and you, you may you may well, not agree with it. it to a degree. Is, is networking you, you, the, yeah. the people that you know, and of course you got to have the talent <laughs> because I don't remember. I, I mean, I remember I don't know how many times I heard. Well, Blackstone Cherry, you know they they, yeah, they wouldn't be where they are if it wasn't for you know Daddy. I was like, no, you got to have talent. Oh yeah, well that like, only works you, to a degree. Too, exactly, like. It's the way, man, it's just the way it's working in the industry. It's like I see I see people, man, that doesn't have, you know, a fifth of the talent that I see some people oh, yeah. here have. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And they're getting record deals and, and, and all this It's uh, Yeah, shit. unbelievable. Like the girl, you know, the Catch Me Outside girl that got famous <laughs> off the Dr. Dr. Phil. <laughs> he regrets it. She put out like yeah. a little remix thing of that oh. catchphrase, and it was the most streamed song, I yeah, think, makes on Spotify. Yeah, and she gets that a record deal. Yeah. Listen to this. She gets a record deal handed to her from Atlantic Records. Atlantic Records is, there's only like maybe three main record labels now, and then everybody else is kind of underneath them, or they own a lot, or they control right. everything, so you have to go through them, like the distribution yeah. or the orchard yeah. or whatever it is. And to me, because <clears throat> I love a lot of that nostalgia, mm-hmm. I guess, if you want to say, of you know, a lot of that classic, awesome music. And I look at Atlantic Records, and I'm like, Atlantic Records, man, this is a record label that Cream was on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Otis Redding released stuff through here. Reputation. Ray Charles oh, got a start, yes. and now they signed this girl, the Catch Me Outside girl. Yeah. It's like, what the hell, man? What are we doing? It's gone from, it's gone it's from wanting to sign... It's sensationalism. To, yeah, not. exactly. To signing sensationalism. What they ratings think get them, and it's never about metrics. Yeah, yeah it's, exactly. And the thing is, it's never about long term down the road. It's always for right now. And a lot of it's just because exactly everything in the industry has really changed. Because and honestly, it's because of the internet. Right. Good or bad, it's because there's of good the and internet. there's a lot of bad. Uh, yeah. Pros and cons. There. Yep. Yeah. Because Absolutely, I yeah. mean, it used to be because people don't buy albums anymore they most of the time they don't it they always buy singles you know they got right. itunes download one song on for album they don't want to buy pay on the one uh, <coughs> you know 9.99 10.99 12.99 right. up to i've seen yeah. them as high as 22.99 they'll go they'll go, i'm not gonna pay all that well see you know, it gets I'm more in depth 99 cents yeah it gets more in depth of that and that's what i'd really like to talk about yeah sure uh, go ahead man so that's kind of like what i'm on my pedestal preaching about right now. yeah <laughs> <laughs> is that you know, I'll sit so, back and listen. <laughs> so this is kind of how a lot of this, a lot of this shit works. Um, you know, the music industry right now, they only care. You know, like I said, you know, kind of about the metrics of things. And so here's what's happening: you have a band or an artist, say 
uh, they put a single or a song out on Spotify or something. And, you know, it gets like a million or half, say it gets half a million hits. They look out and it gets on like a, you know, a playlist mm -hmm. or it's a featured playlist. They get half a million hits or half a million hits on a, a YouTube video on YouTube. <clears throat> and then they want to pay attention to that or how many Facebook likes somebody has right. on Instagram or, or whatever it is. But what people are not understanding is that uh, you can buy likes. You can buy yep. follows. You sure a lot can. of it's fake accounts. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. the influencers. <clears throat> and here's what's yeah. happening as far as streaming. They're not paying attention to you. They're nope. not paying attention to you. They're not nope. paying attention to you because the vast the, the vast majority of people that does this streaming stuff is like 9, 10, 11-year-old kids. Yeah. And here's mm -hmm. the thing. Uh, when I was 11, year, 11 years old, uh, around that age, <clears throat> I remember buying an sync record. Because, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, I you saw it probably that. like on Kids Bop commercial right. 2000 or something like that. Hey, I was a moron. The VMAs. Are I was a moron. Yeah, I didn't know what I... <laughs> you can't base a whole industry and metrics on, on me, an 11-year-old kid that's buying an right. sync record. One, because I have no taste. I don't know what I like. I'm just going, you know, what's... What I what saw I'm on TV. Yeah. Yeah. Second thing is I don't have any money. I can't buy concert tickets or anything mm -hmm. like that. So here's what's happening. You could take somebody that gets like a half a million hits on a YouTube link, say, that, you know, they figured out they get really good at social media and they buy all these likes and all this crap. And then they get these record deals and catch these breaks, and they can't sell 20 tickets in their own damn hometown at nope. $5 each. Nope. Mm -hmm. And then the record industry, and people are just sitting there, like, scratching their head, like, you know. And they've already hell? invested so right. much money into them, and they've lost so much money. It's stupid, and it's mind They don't numbing, have any direction. And it's mind-numbing yeah. that that confuses them. Yeah. And then, you know, like, when you get into, like, there's a lot of controversy, you know, about people getting paid mm -hmm. with, like, a lot of the streaming stuff. I saw where, like, Peter Frampton had a song, that song, um, Baby, I Love Your Ways, or whatever, got, like, millions of streams. Mm -hmm. I can't remember. It was, like, 10 million streams, and he only got a check for, like, 1,500 bucks. Well, that's because you don't get paid for streams. You get paid for advertising. Right. That's how most of that works, especially well, on YouTube. Yeah, here's how the royalty works. Now, I know as far as Spotify goes, uh, we get paid two types of royalties. There's a royalty that gets paid uh, if you have uh, the premium account or whatever, and then they pay a different royalty for the people that just listen to stuff mm -hmm. for free and don't pay nothing. <clears throat> and I just saw uh, Patrick Carney, the drummer for the Black uh, Black Keys, was telling Joe Rogan on his interview that you know uh, he kind of talked some shit about Spotify, and uh, one of like the CEO or whatever saw it and was like, "Hey, let's you know have have lunch and talk about this stuff." And he said like, "You know, the guy from Spotify is a cool dude." And basically, what he was telling him is like, "Listen." We give the money. We pay pay y'all's record labels and stuff. What they do with that money is right. up to them. Yeah. So, and I mean, man, it's just there's a middleman. <clears throat> it's just ridiculous, you know. I, you know, I see um, a lot of bands that have all this stuff. You know, it doesn't matter if it's management or on a record label or, or whatever. And then, you know, some of them are doing okay, some of them are doing better than the others or, or whatever. But then you have somebody that pops out of the woodwork like Tyler Childers and just blows up. Mm -hmm. Or you see a band like Wolfpack who's never had management, mm -hmm. never been on a record label, and they're headlining Madison Square Garden. Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't happen in, this, mm -hmm. in, in today's uh, society and, and, and everything. The people that do that, we're talking like Jay-Z, Beyonce, yeah. Katy right. Perry, Taylor Swift. Those are the people that headline like Madison Square Garden and, mm -hmm. and all this type of stuff. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you take a band 
like them, that it's just them. The only thing they have, from my understanding, is a booking agent, and that's it. Right. And then they do that. <clears throat> so it's helping bring awareness, and it's helping, um, you know, having different conversations that I think bands and artists, you know, kind of need to be happening. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, so there's pros and cons to the Internet. One of the, the, the biggest cons that I see to social media is that uh, nothing ever lasts you know, too long oh, as far Lord, as the, yeah. the good days. Because mm-hmm. what's happening now that I've noticed, like, you've seen, like, a massive influx on Instagram mm-hmm. and people heavily on, uh, heavily on that platform and, and promoting that. <clears throat> then what happens is they try to start monetizing things, and then they start creating algorithms, and your organic reach goes down. And yeah. if you want to reach your people and followers or whatever, you got to pay for it. Mm-hmm. So now I'm seeing everybody's, like, promoting TikTok because they haven't messed with that yet. It's fairly new, and there's still organic reach. But, you know, I mean, it's, it's just part of it. You know, at some point, it doesn't make it right, but mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, right. it's... it's- we and, understand. Yeah, and I mean, and it's 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 good. You know, it it it, it works. It's good to a degree because, I mean, man, you know, I've ran social media ads. Um, I remember last year I ran a uh, an ad for one of our shows that we played in North Carolina, and only spent ten bucks on it. It's all I had, and um, it was like five days before the show. <clears throat> And I targeted to for like a twenty mile radius around the club that we were playing. And the thing is, you you got to know how to do this correctly. Mm-hmm. Uh, for our type of band, uh, when I go into the ads, select the interest of people that I want them to, to hit. People that like like southern rock and blues rock and beer and nightclubs right. and <laughs> nightlife and music festivals, that type of stuff. Yeah, you know, so dirty likes, hippies. <laughs> right. So I'm not, you know, I'm not going to select interest of like Taylor Swift and video games because it's not our crowd. Right. So what happened was, is I dropped ten dollars on a social media ad, and I had a lady, a lady saw that in her news feed that lived around that uh, that area that we played, and she brought like five or six friends with her. And her alone, um, she spent $100 in merch that night at our merch table. So mm. I took $10, and I turned it into $100. Yep. Yeah. Does it happen every show? No. No, but no, it but does happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> so, I mean, if you do it correctly, and um, I always tell people, take full advantage of it right now as you can, because I think as soon as a lot of these bigger corporations like Pepsi and Coca-Cola and Miller Lite and Chevy and Ford and all that stuff figure out that – no one's, you know, listening to commercial radio anymore or mm-hmm. watching television. Everybody's on social media and stuff. Yep. Right. Then I think they're going to start driving the market up in social media ads when they start investing more in that. It's already happening because if you want to run an ad on Spotify, you at least have to spend 250 bucks. Yeah. So right now, Facebook, I think you at least had to spend 10 bucks. Mm-hmm. But, you know, and there's like pros that. and cons to that. It's yeah. like, you know, if King's Cafe was to promote a... Uh, a blues rock band playing here, and the Plaza's got a blues rock band playing on the same night. But the Plaza's dropping five hundred dollars on an ad when King's Cafe's only dropping fifty. Facebook's gonna cater more to the Plaza because right. they're making more yeah. money off them. Mm-hmm. They're still gonna do some stuff for you, but it's not right. as much. Cause it's right. not gonna have as big of an impact. <clears throat> so that's you know you're looking at that's kind of like getting in a little bit to the pros and cons of of that, but. You know, man, as far as, like, how this works and what I think it all boils down to, you just have to enjoy the people that you're working with. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, us four and Otis, we love each other. You know, we watch out for one another. We're family. Mm-hmm. We take care of each other. 
Uh, second thing, you just got to keep focus on the music and your fans. Yeah. Everything else is subjective, and you know everything else will happen. And if you're not loving what you're doing, what's the point? <clears throat> yeah, exactly. Yeah, man. Because I mean, you know, it's it's a very cutthroat business. You know, business in general can be cutthroat. Not only have we had to deal with our share of just crap in the music industry, we've also had to deal with a lot of share of crap from uh, bands and artists. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times, you know, they may make fake promises, or not necessarily fake promises, but uh, how a lot of this works, man, everybody's trying to climb up the ladder. Yeah, they're all trying right? to take, uh, take, <coughs> same bi- uh, take a bite out of the same apple. Right, so, like, maybe this band that's on this level uh, is trying to, like, get in good cahoots with a band that's a notch above them. Mm-hmm. But that band's trying to get on a good level with a band that's right. a notch above them. But, you know, what you have to do, no matter what level you're at, what you're doing, man, I, I think you just got to build a community you know kind of yeah around yourself and and what you're doing like it would be cool like you know if eric clapton called me and wanted to collaborate (laughs) but you know if it happens it happens if not cool because at the same time you know we're meeting a lot of bands on our level on the road and these bands are like letting us stay at their house that's awesome and then they're cooking us breakfast the next morning (laughs) and then uh we've played some shows where the bands that we play with just give us their money because they know what it's like to be on tour and to need money and stuff like that and then you build a you know a community uh around that within itself and you know pull more shows do shows with those bands and show swap you know we may do a show with somebody in texas and then if they come to our area we'll do a show with them here mm-hmm. so we can kind of yeah and it helps because you're not getting a <coughs> yeah. lot of support you mentioned the big companies like you know coca-cola pepsi and all them and they're not really mm-hmm. throwing their weight behind you know grassroots band you yeah. know or rock, rock uh heavy metal hard rock bands in general it's all pop yeah that's man. that's the only thing they put now, now now don't get me wrong the biggest population of those listening right now are you know you know 11 to 17 year old you know girls right that's that's just the cut you know cut dry part of it um but it's like you know this year the last when was the last time we had a rock band at play the super bowl was it the stones uh tom petty maybe what's tom petty (laughs) but Uh, that was that was 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 oh six i remember the who yeah but it's been it's been a good decade i think the who was (laughs) after tom petty yeah, I think so but too. Yeah. Again, this year, who are they having on here? I have no idea. I, I saw where there was a lot. Oh, of, it's there uh, was some celebrities uh, trying to get uh, Metallica, Beyonce, and yeah. uh, Shakira. 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 Yeah. She's still going. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. you know, she's married to royalty, so she all I know about her, yeah. all I know about her is Shakira. Shakira. Like yeah. it's it. That's it. Her <laughs> hips don't lie. Cause look, <laughs> me, my musical taste. Look, if I if it ain't if I can't feel it, I'm not buying it. it you know, it's he like means kid, the music. Kid, he means the music. I, I don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. I don't yeah. think he means Super like Bowl. Kid, I think you mean the big game. Kid Rock said, the "If big it's game, yeah. yeah, you know, yeah, if it's marketed right, you'll yeah, buy right. it. If it's real, you'll feel it." <laughs> right. And I only listen yeah. to what I can can feel. Otherwise, what's the right. point? You know, well, the, like there's no substance, and I don't want to get you in trouble with any people in the music industry. Uh, I don't give a uh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's like you know, you all write your music. Mm-hmm. Bands your level on up, they all write the music. And usually in these types of genres, you know. Yeah. But everything else is processed. Somebody else writes their music for them. Mm-hmm. Well, oh yeah, Beyonce write, is like twenty people writing one song. They may, and yeah, it's right. the same word over and over. Well, Women of the world. This is kind of sorry, Beyonce. Yeah, it, this is kind of how it works. <laughs> no, he's not. Especially, especially on like a commercial. No, she level. ain't hurting. Yeah. How it kind of works on a commercial level, you gotta kind of got like this talent meter, like the 
less talent it, it, it is and the less good it is, kind of the, the, the more prone it is to be successful. Yeah. And then, like, if you really start dumbing things down and watering things down, it stands to kind of be more successful commercially. Yeah. But the more good it is, talent-wise and music-wise and everything, it's, like, not going to stand a better chance commercially. Yeah. But, you know, it's kind of what I was saying uh, a minute ago, what it kind of all boils down to, it doesn't matter if you're a band, an actor, comedian, whatever it is, or some kind of personality, whatever, DJ, podcast, radio, whatever. Uh, you just, you have to learn that, you know, I think a lot of the problem is with a lot of up and coming bands and, and all those fields is that we stress and worry too much. A lot of times of trying to bump elbows and shoulders yep. with people bigger than us. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so we can have like this on our resume and hopefully collaborate with all those right. people. But what you don't understand, a lot of people don't understand that when you do kind of get to the, uh, that level that a lot of your peers are on, that's a whole other set of obstacles mm-hmm. that they're facing. They're trying yeah. to do the same thing, climb the ladder. So basically what it boils down to is, you know, like I was talking about, you got to learn how to uh, build this community kind of, you know, around what you're doing and don't dismiss somebody just exactly. because they're yeah. not doing, doing better than you. If they're yeah. on the same level as you, you know, that's who I think you need to be making friends with and yep. collaborating with because you never know who's going to catch their next break. Yeah, that was somebody my, could catch it tomorrow, and they'll remember you and stuff you did for them. And exactly. you know, because you know, we've tried, and I think a lot of it's just we've just had the wrong mindset. <clears throat> we had to get out here and just learn a lot of things the hard way. Yeah, and we've met a lot of people on, on a much bigger scale than than us, and they're 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 good people and they're nice people and everything, and they've been supportive and we've done shows with them or whatever. But they don't <clears throat> owe us anything. No, no and it's not a competition. <laughs> It's not a competition. They don't owe us anything. And because uh, sometimes it, it is frustrating. It's like, well, I just met this person or I opened up for this person or did this and did that. Like, you know, why won't they call me? You know, why won't they uh, offer yeah. more shows or why yeah. won't they hit me back about writing this song or, or doing this or doing that? And, you know, what what people have to learn, I think, if, if people will realize that you need to learn how to establish and build those relationships with people around you that's kind of on your level and build that sense of community, you mm-hmm. know, up itself. And um, things, I think, will be happier and, and things will be a, a whole lot better for you. Um, you know, because like I said, you know, we uh, just started focusing more on trying to tour and do more shows with bands on our level and people that we're friends with and because what's happening is you know we may not have hundreds and thousands of people that come to our shows and and our friends and other bands may not either yet there you go (laughs) but a lot of people that are that are coming like they follow us around from different states Mm -hmm. and they love to hear new music and stuff so Bands like us, if you put a show together with like three or four of us and we get a full room of those type of people, then we can all just can only benefit from that because, you know, there's just uh, an energy. It's one of those things, man. You're like, you just you can't ever buy into the hype because we co headlined with, um, you know, a a really big um, artist that's really doing well right now. We headlined with them uh, down in Macon, Georgia uh, a while back. A couple of years ago, and then uh, it was a sold-out show. There was over a thousand people and stuff there. And then I remember going and playing that town again, like three months later. And out of all the thousand people that came, I only remember one of one person from that show coming to see us. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of devastating. You're like, I just what co-headline yeah. with this big artist, sold-out show. Like, where are these 
people at. Right. <clears throat> With that, what that is, is uh, sometimes if you're not careful, uh, you can kind of get exposed to a fickle fan base and mm-hmm. just fickle things within the industry. Right. It's just like never buying to the hype. Like, if you go back... You, the 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 end of uh, Tubby Smith's UK career, how hard it was, <laughs> yeah. and you notice like there was only just a select few of UK fans, yeah. and mm-hmm. then we won a couple championships here over the past decade. And now there's like UK fans yep. everywhere, mm-hmm. and then now you see all the diehard UK fans just like Drake. What the hell, man? Yeah. I'm tired of all this. <laughs> right. I've been a UK fan since. Well, that's. Kind of what's what it's like too, even yeah. for like comeback cats in the second. Watch Tubby take that jacket off. <laughs> <laughs> now it's on, right? <laughs> so it's like you know, that's what I'm, what I'm trying to say is you know you just can't necessarily buy into the hype because no. um, then say like if the Wildcats have two or three bad seasons, then all those ticket sales start to kind of. Mm-hmm slowly go down and the only people that's left are the true diehard fans yeah. i'll tell you one thing that really kills me i don't know um, <clears throat> same thing with the music industry. what's your opinion is on it but um when a band changes up their sound you know because they're wanting to to do what they want to do and then you get mm-hmm. the you get the comments on facebook oh god won't you go back to the to what it was before or or why are you playing this now, why did you change? You can't. How well, could no, you, you play the exact same thing? When you're 19 thing? years old, you write about you know right. partying and, and, mm-hmm. and maybe girls or whatever. Right. And then when you're 36 with a mortgage and four yeah. kids <laughs> and, and bills, yeah. you know, right. you d- yeah. puts you're living in a different perspective. You know, you don't yeah, see I mean, things as you do when you're just, 19. Yeah, so because you're 19 right. and you write about life doesn't mean when you're it doesn't mean the same thing as when you're 37 and writing about right. life. Yeah, and it see it's, it kind of goes back to what I'm talking about. You know, about fickle. Uh, the fickle don't mm-hmm. play into the mm-hmm. height. All you have to do is be you and yeah. be real because if you start. What I'm talking about, when you start to get into this whole fickle commercial type audience, uh, that's what you get mm-hmm. uh, with music listeners. There's there's people that solemnly just only cares about and watches whatever's current. Right. And then like you know, if you're up there and you're doing good and your your shit's getting played along right. with like Beyonce or, or Katy Perry or this or that artist, yeah, they like you. But it's like the minute that you're not up at that top mm-hmm. level anymore, that fickle audience is no longer there yeah. with you yeah and yeah. Then it's like you may all of a sudden go from playing you know sold out arenas to like 500 yeah. cap rooms uh, I, mean, I remember here's, a, here's it, a good example of that kiss you uh, remember yeah. kiss huge in the 70s disco album not so good in the <laughs> 80s they blame yeah. it on taking off the makeup it's just a matter of changing their sound and their attitude and stuff like that it just wasn't catering to the the diehard fans that they had before mm-hmm. and then here they come back mid 90s and they come back to you know, playing their old stuff, and then they create a new sound with some of the other uh, newer albums that they mm-hmm. came out with. And they went from sold out arenas down to having, to, I say having because you can still make good money in Japan, right? But having to only play in Japan because that's the only place that would they can make money at. Mm-hmm. They, could not sell out of, they couldn't sell out a bar <clears throat> in the middle of Bowling Green, mm-hmm. you know, back in the yeah. late 80s, early 90s. I'll tell you this, and this is a, uh, um, a testament to how hard blackstone cherries work their ass off um we played two shows in scotland with them in uh, aberdeen and glasgow scotland both nights kiss was across town playing and blackstone cherry so both those shows out <laughs> didn't hurt their crowd one bit nope because you know um 
Blackstone Cherry, man, they, they do it right. And them and the headhunters has obviously helped, taught us a lot. One of the biggest things, you know, that we've took away from uh, those guys, <clears throat> from their advice and just watching what they do is, uh, you know, you got to, you got to love each other. You got to be a band first and business second mm-hmm. and band second. Um, or you got to be family and brothers first in a band second. Yeah. That's the way we operate, and that's how they do too. And you always just got to keep the focus on the music and each other and the fans. And, you know, I've seen Blackstone Cherry many a times. Even we were over there in Europe playing all these big shows. You know, they would do their best to try to talk to as many people as they can. Mm-hmm. And um, I was watching that Ken Burns documentary, the, the country music thing that came out um couple weeks ago or whenever it was on KET they were showing Garth Brooks this is in the hype of Garth Brooks's career he's selling out stadiums Mm -hmm. and he did like a uh, meet and greet thing after the show or whatever and they said like it was they may have been exaggerating but they said on there like he stayed like 20 hours just talking to fans after a show or at a meet and greet Mm -hmm. thing because that's what it takes man he works his ass off when when he did his comeback you got to make a connection with 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 people and and this is how I look at it I think if you invest in your fans and you invest in your people Mm -hmm. they'll invest in you yep and he's really good at that. If you, yeah, if, you, yeah. if you don't know if you've seen him on Facebook, and he's got the yeah. Garth channel now on Sirius XM, <laughs> yeah. he is always posting a, a live video, just mm-hmm. talking to the fans and, and and looking at their messages. And well, thank you. That's so sweet. Yeah, you know, it's just yeah. it's what yeah. you gotta. That's a you know you don't have to do that. No, he didn't have, have to come to. back. You know, but you, you know, love when, what you do. When so. shit stops selling, and you know, you go from those arenas to five thousand cap rooms to a thousand oh, cap ego, rooms, yeah. to five hundred cap that's rooms. That's a huge hit to, to the. Well, he well he went Maybe away. Maybe need to go the, out there and to watch shake the kids, some hands and take some you know, pictures. Yeah. <laughs> to watch the kids graduate, and then had his little uh, Vegas show for a while before the kids got out of the house, and he was like, "Okay, I'm coming back." I seen him at Rupp Arena on 2014, his comeback tour. We were the second show of the night. There was maybe twenty or thirty minutes. After the first show was over, they came out. We went in. Garth is back on stage again for another two-hour yeah. show. Yeah, it's like you gotta love what you. I mean, why else? You know, at this point, he doesn't have to. But yeah. you, he loves what he does. It's a big part of it. Yeah, man. There, there's there's some guys like Garth. You know, he's like safe. He's fine. Oh yeah. He can do whatever he wants to for the rest of his life, and he'll have no problem selling tickets mm-hmm. or making a living at this. But uh, things are just really interesting. I think right now as a whole, the whole industry. Um, just like I saw where, like, Black Keys were talking about on Joe Rogan where um, Little Wayne was out doing, like, an arena-type tour thing with Blink-182 opening up, and he just, like, left and quit the tour because <laughs> wow. he was playing for half-empty rooms. Yeah. Hmm. Little Wayne. Wow. <clears throat> so, I mean, you'd, you'd be surprised, um, um, you know, how much is real and how much is smoke and mirrors and how yeah, much is right. this and how much is that. I mean, that's just that. like, uh, to use pro wrestling as an example, if you look at, you know, the hard camera on TV, those, a lot of times... Yeah, then you see the leaked photos from fans yeah, that they took. That half the arena behind the camera off. is about empty, but yep. this side's mm-hmm. full, so... Mm-hmm. Uh, let's yeah. uh, let's bring this down a little bit. We've been going for a good hour and a half, so let's, uh, let's do a little something that we used to do at the end of this, a uh, little thing i used to call a, a nostalgia item of the week okay oh, what do you gonna, got i thought he's gonna let me put my nose in it yeah no no no. we just got that oh disinfected. yeah we didn't say anything about the otis road show yeah yeah they got their own little we still can little yeah, show going on yeah the road is o- the, the road is the road is yeah 
<laughs> the Otis Roadshow. Yeah, man. So the Otis Roadshow. You guys can go to theotisband.com and check all that out. We got like the YouTube channel Roadshow uh, vlog version. And then we got our own podcast version. And uh, honestly, you know, where a lot of that kind of comes from was uh, just something fun for ourselves to do and kind of document things. And mm-hmm. also just kind of give people like a real legit behind the scenes <laughs> of like how a lot of this stuff goes on. Because like I can't tell you about, you know, how many times, man, like I go into the bank or Walmart or something like that. People come up to me and be like, um, so uh, y'all ever get to take y'all's wives or anything out with y'all? And I'm like... <laughs> No, and they just look at me really weird. <laughs> and they're like, well, why? It's like they think we're on vacation. I'm like, because right. somebody has to stay home and work a real damn job and keep a roof over our head. Right. Them bills ain't going to pay themselves. Right. Exactly. You know, so they're kind of the real heroes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, if you ask me, they have to deal with a lot and, and put up with a lot just to, to help and, and, and support us. Yeah. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, so I think, like, over the years, the general public as a whole has um, – just been sold uh, a lot of just like incorrect false information mm-hmm. um no. thinking like you know that you know reality this TV. is great and that's great when there's a whole different reality side to yep. it that a lot of people yeah, that's hard work with. so we're just having fun man you know with it and uh something for us and basically for our fans and we just have fun with it and um yeah, check it out. <laughs> All right, so this nostalgic item, uh, the item itself is not nostalgic, but the subject matter is. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going back to the 80s, and Brad, I know you're a fan. F*** yes. <laughs> well, I mean, it's f***ing tattooed on my back, so yes. Yeah. <laughs> it is a collection of their mini comics that when you used to buy the figure, it would come with a little mini comic in it. So this is a collection wow. of the whole thing. Oh, and that was a gift to me? Is that what no. that was? Oh, no. No, this is well, my f- then. <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, what are you giving me blue balls for, man? Uh, that's awesome. I don't know. But <laughs> yeah, this is something that we did last year. I guess we're going to continue it where it's oh, hell yeah. no matter yeah, what the topic is no per what episode. The topic is, it's what there's brings always it home. A, it it, it yeah. always brings it home for something nostalgic, even if mm-hmm. the conversation veers away from it. Like we would talk about Dunkaroos. You remember Dunkaroos? <laughs> yeah, it's, <laughs> it's no longer cool. available. Well, you now. Well, now, we're from the 80s. Now, yeah. I don't know about you guys. No, 91. Oh. 91. Yeah. 91. You're 90, right? 90. 91. 91. February. Yeah. God. <laughs> hey, we're, we're fucking old. But, man. I mean, you know. Let's uh, be more like Boone. Listen to all these these, these bands that he, that he rattled oh, yeah. off. I mean, you know, we still got a little connection to the oh yeah to the past-past. <laughs> well, I'm an old man. So. Oh, man. <laughs> awesome, man. You know, some of my favorite movies were before I was born. Oh yeah, shows Quantum Leap. That that was canceled the year I was born. It was your fault. I'm getting. Yeah, it was my fault. Yeah, I put an end to Scott Bakula. You're the reason why spoilers. He never leaped home. Spoiler. Uh, I guess I should also say because I don't want people to think like, you know, something kind of bad or or negative. Negative. No, it's just what we got going on. Basically, what's happening is you know, if you're kind of wondering, after saying all this, we've just kind of put things in perspective and kind of reshifted our focus and mm-hmm. uh our focus is you know just us being happy playing and writing music that we love you guys solely independent right now uh yep sweet We're, um not working with anybody and uh and that's we got where the best music comes from though in my yeah opinion. we left uh the management we were working with didn't work out record label didn't hardly do shit for us um the booking agency we were worked with See, and that's another thing, too. Somebody hears you got a record deal. Well, that's it. Nope. 
That is not how it works. Yeah. It's a nice, you know. It's nice to have learning curve. Quote, unquote, for lack of a better term, label. No pun intended. Right. Booking agency closed down. Sarah, you know, good friends with that guy. He just chose a different career path, which is understandable. And, um, you know, so so right now what's going on, we still have a great publicist we work with. He works for um, a lot of big bands from Foghat to uh, Jason Bonham uh, to... He's worked for Johnny Winter and uh, Canned Heat, and he does a, a bunch of stuff. Shout out to John Lapp, and he's a good dude, takes care of us. And uh, we just, right now, we're booking our own stuff. And, um, you know, our, our focus is just having fun, writing music, playing as many shows as possible, uh, putting stuff out for our fans, trying to grow our fan base, and just doing it that way. And I think, you know, as long as you keep your focus on the art, you can't rush things to happen. Well, you mm-hmm. can't make no. things happen. Right. You have to keep your focus on the task at hand, which is the art. It doesn't matter if you're a comic, a musician, actor, what. Quality keep over quantity. Keep your focus quantity. on the art, yeah. and as long as your focus, I think, stays on that, everything else will happen. When never, ever, to. unless they tell you prior <laughs> to, never, ever, ever ask an artist when their next piece of work is going to come out. <laughs> right. You know? And see, that, that's, another, that's another bad thing, man. We live in the this day and age where instant where you receive so much content yeah right. you know it used to be an album cycle used to be 18 months now yeah. it's like they want you to put out something like once a year mm-hmm. and then the problem is is like a lot of bands starting out they can't afford five hundred dollars a day at a studio or a big time yeah. producer this and that so that's and, just for recording that's not even the yeah. cost for like if they you charge you for it, distribution man. or the advertisement of it every you know you, everything man you it. don't need it because like the black keys mm-hmm. are a very huge band in, in, in this past decade that we're living in, uh, getting ready to come to an end with 2020 around the corner. And their first six records they recorded in their basement just with a couple microphones. Yeah. You know, and uh, like I said, you know, you see a band that has no management, no big record label, selling out Madison Square Garden. So mm-hmm. it's just like you, I it's mean, hope. yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. there's hope. So all only thing really at the end of the day uh, that we've kind of had to learn because, uh, you know, we had some things that were popping off good for us and business-wise. We were like, well, let's capitalize on, you know, a lot of this stuff. And But the thing is, you go out and you, and you play a lot of these opening shows for this band and that mm-hmm. band and all this stuff. It's a process. But you can't buy into that hype because at no. the end of the day, <clears throat> it doesn't matter if we've opened up for Blackstone Cherry, we've opened up for ZZ Top. Uh, various members of the Almond Brothers with their side bands and Blackberry Smoke and everything. But what a lot of people have to understand is those bands have worked their ass off yep. for that audience. Mm-hmm. And especially in, in, in today's age with the style of music we play, it's a privilege there's to be a lot of diehard to. fans that love those bands. Right. So, you mm-hmm. know, they've earned that headlining spot. They've put in the time. So, you know, if you go up and you open for one of those bands and, you know, in front of a couple hundred people, you know, you got to understand you may not get all of those as your right. fans because what they had to do is the same thing that you have to do. Mm-hmm. You get that opening show, but next weekend you have to go out and play the hundred cap club in front of ten people, right? Because you have to go out and you got to pay your dues. You got to play for nobody, you know. It's like, man, we did a residency in Chicago this year. We played every Thursday for two months straight, and you know the bitter cold of the winter and all this stuff. So there was a lot of, you know, a couple shows where wasn't hardly no one there. A lot of people Mm -hmm. there. It's just the reality of it, and. uh, you got to do that. You got to go out and you got to play the shows for nobody. Right. And because I've seen in situations where, um, you know, 
and, and we've kind of had this happen to us before too, where you go play somewhere and no one's there but the bartender. Right. But that bartender may really love your freaking band, man. Right. And they and they're someone that's a cool guy, that's a cool hang, that works at the bar, and then and who you knows? Know, and who knows who that guy knows? Who knows know? who that guy knows? He tells all his friends, and then two or three months later, you go back and play. Then there's and ten people out. there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it could be sold out. It's or like it could I, be sold out. I regret you go not play going. Again, then there's twenty, and then yeah. there's maybe forty, and then there's maybe sixty, right. and then and then you got to play with bands and artists that's on your level and show swap and let them sleep at your house and you mm-hmm. sleep at their house and build this yeah. community this whole i mean there's just some things that you can't reinvent the wheel on as awesome and as right. great as social media and the internet is it still doesn't beat word of mouth that's yeah, still that's the right. best advertisement that's, and as far something. as the music industry goes or if you're a comic or whatever you still got to hit the pavement you still mm-hmm. got to get out you well, got to pay your that's just like even that. even you know big time <laughs> comedians like today like uh, bill Burr. one of my favorites yeah. bill burr he still does the little nothing clubs yeah have, well you oh, have yeah, to yeah. all, of all the time you have to dave Chappelle. there is a uh, there's mm-hmm. a great uh video on youtube it's like four hours long dave Chappelle just shows up at um uh, one of these comic clubs in New York City, and there's, you know, it's just small clubs, smaller in this it room. It wasn't announced. That he just went. He yeah. just showed up. To test material. They want to work yeah. shit out, man. That's yeah. all it is. They're just working stuff out. Mm-hmm. Uh, da- uh, Jeff Ross, David Tell, you know, these the, yeah. those are big stand-up comedians. They're doing shows yep. all the time. Netflix, yep. Showtime, well, HBO, <laughs> and yet, like their most recent Netflix special, Bumping Mics, they do it yeah. in, in a place smaller than the King's Cafe. Well, yeah. it's kind of like what yeah. we were talking about earlier. Because um, I'm really fascinated right now with, like, comics and their hustle <laughs> and the dues they have to pay and oh, the yeah. stuff they have to go through. Because it's completely different from musicians. And as far as, like, the comics go, you have – it's it's not as cutthroat mm-hmm. amongst comics, I think, as yeah, they it have is a better community. Bands. Yeah, there's yeah. a better community with Unless a lot of bands and artists. <laughs> it's like, well, do you have a connection or, or a relationship that I can benefit, you know, that I can – get off of you yeah mm-hmm. uh if if you don't then how can i benefit by being your friend there's a lot of that yeah. Fickle yeah. crap that goes around but <clears throat> um yeah man just the, the whole process of that is really fascinating and if you're an up-and-coming comic like like a, a band if you're an up-and-coming band you think you catch your big break if you get this like this big record deal right so yeah <laughs> a comic right now it used to be like an hbo special or something but johnny carson right or johnny yep. carson yep. now it's like a comic thinks their big break quote-unquote big break is if they get a netflix special right they don't realize how little they're actually going to make off that netflix special by the way <laughs> right. unless you're dave Chappelle. <laughs> well what i love is we were talking about there's this comic that um I've been watching his name's Andrew Schultz, and it's kind of hard times right now to be a comedian because, you know... Well, the we, culture of, of right. America and it, the world. It's hard to say certain things because so many people can get sensitive yeah, and yeah. take things the wrong way. Yeah. But, so that's kind of... <laughs> yeah, Andrew Schultz is a very that, real guy, right. and he'll say it how it is, yeah, and he don't Sir care. Sir Bradley. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, uh... So Netflix wouldn't give him a special because he was just maybe too real or, or whatever. Afraid he may offend somebody right. with his bits or whatever. So he just said, screw it, and started a YouTube channel. And that's pretty much what's launched his career right now. Which is so and funny because... People have been helping him out. Like Joe Rogan brought him yeah. on and interviewed him. I mean, it's just I think we live in a day and age where we've just been so used to being spoon-fed, just crap oh, and fake stuff, yes. that people are starved for real. Right, and so I think that's, I mean, that, a that's the perfect definition of reality TV shows. They're not reality; they're no. all scripted. <clears throat> yeah, no. that's why I think you know podcasts are, are what they are in this day and age, and, and YouTube channels and stuff like oh, that. Because, yeah. I mean, I can get on YouTube and you know I can watch 
a Joe Rogan episode or I can turn around and watch some dude eating hot wings interviewing <laughs> like Ashton Kutcher or Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. <laughs> or I can turn around and I can watch Jimi Hendrix playing Star Spangled Banner in 69 oh, yeah. at Woodstock. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it, it, it's, it's we crazy. We don't realize the access that we actually have <laughs> no. to so much. Right. All those roasts, all those Dean Martin roasts <laughs> yeah. on YouTube. Yeah. It's like you if wouldn't. You by the way, if you haven't watched the historical roasts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don Rickles. Yeah. It's just, oh. man, no, I mean, like. I see a lot of people that, you know, that's getting um, more anxiety, dealing with more anxiety and depression over yeah. today's climate with a lot of well, stuff. Well, killed Lenny Bruce, and that was way back in the day. <laughs> yeah. You know, like the biggest, he got arrested for saying words. Right. A lot of know? the biggest problem is, is I see, I see right. people, it doesn't matter if you're a comic or a musician or what, that thinks that. I've got to constantly put out new content. I've got to put out a new record this yeah. year. I've got to work yeah. on a new special. I've got to put one out like every two years or whatever. When the reality is, is you don't have to do shit nope. yeah. that you don't want to do. Exactly. Yeah. And and thing is, like, that's why you can't buy into all this fickle no. fakeness. If you're real and you are getting a fan base um, takes accumulated and, and, and gathered by who you really are, yeah. those people will be there. Because mm-hmm. I've seen people, man, that, that'll put out records or a single or something, and I'll see their core fan base there, and they may not put anything else out in five years. Yeah. And those people are still there and will still mm-hmm. buy it. Yep. But people, we, we live in this society where, uh, in a day and age where people, we're not, we're not being told and, and taught consistency and patience. Yeah. The problem is, is people can be doing all the right shit and see little results mm-hmm. because we're not teaching and telling people that in this you know Rome wasn't built in a day right that's what people have to realize mm-hmm. you know you may be doing all the right stuff and, you, and just because you're not seeing the results you want to see today doesn't mean it's not going to happen five years from now exactly. or, or whenever yeah. but it's hard for people it's to a realize process. that because here's the thing and this is what kind of really helped put a lot of things in perspective you know for me <clears throat> you only have one shot mm-hmm. at life and if you ever need a kick in the ass and, and, and need to be motivated, I encourage anybody to go to a nursing home yeah. and sit with some elderly people or go talk to some of your grandparents or whatever, especially mm-hmm. in a nursing home, and then see. And the one thing, that a lot of things that they'll like to talk about is regret. Yeah. yeah. I wished I could have done yeah. this. I wish I had more time for this, whether it was spending time mm-hmm. with their family or chasing that dream that they wish they you know could have done or, or this Absolutely. or that. And that's one of the biggest things that scares the hell out of me. Yep. Is me too. wondering Every what day. if I can't live like that. That's You're like if I've got to quit yeah, my job, up. get on a plane mm-hmm. and go play in front of five people in Germany and Austria or whatever. I'm yeah. going to freaking do it Because you don't long. know what it'll lead to. You you never know and you never know because at the, the very worst least. Thing you can do is, you know, I, I wish I did. Yeah. Yeah. You never know how you're going to impact somebody's life. That's why, like if me, you're a band I, or a comic you, or an actor with, or whatever. With the acting, matter. I have been given <laughs> advice from people. You know, oh, you don't need to do that, or you don't need to do that project, or you don't need to I, be I involved. Think, in that. Why? Know. What else am I doing? Well, it's like I think. Well, maybe a couple of years ago, but there's no rhyme or rhythm or reason how to do any of this crap anymore. No. It's completely a free for all. Exactly. You got people that's launching careers off of Instagram yep. and Facebook and YouTube and Snapchat and TikTok yeah. or, or this mm-hmm. and that, you know, it's just... Yeah, I think you kind of face yeah. that a couple of years ago. Uh, because, you know, I remember you telling me they weren't, they didn't want you to do theater. They didn't want you to do this. They didn't want you to do that. Well, well, that's a, it, it wasn't necessarily that, but it was how can I book you 
when you're already busy. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, but why would I sit around with my finger at my ass? Yeah, waiting. You know, you know yeah. how do I know? You don't know. Yeah, and so exactly. the, my agent well, I have now, she knows what I'm doing. It's yeah. it's like, for example, uh, we got a, we're, we're rehearsing Legend of Sleepy Hollow at the Plaza, which I'm getting nothing for, mm-hmm. right? But I love it. And it's turning into one of my favorite performances, if I'm allowed to have one. And we <laughs> haven't even got it, you know, in front of an audience yet. Yeah. Um, and then on October 21st, we're starting a new miniseries, which I am getting paid for. But my agent wanted me to audition for a, uh, a feature film, filming in uh, Birmingham. The problem is it starts on October 30th. Huh. I'm not done with The Dark oh, until goodness. November the 5th. Yeah. My shoot schedule goes for nine days. Yeah. Yeah. Well... And and so I told her that. I was like, and I've come committed to this. Now I could probably get more money if I get that feature that part film. for the feature film. Yeah. But I'm c I've I've already agreed to this. Yeah. And my not, heart's and, in it. And not just like that. I'm I've already got the character, I'm I'm ready to go. Yeah, not so, just that, but that that'll to her credit, do the audition anyway. We'll let them know until November the fifth you can't do anything. Yeah. And what that so, what that does is shows that you're a stand up person. And yeah, then, something for that too. Yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. No, no, and, go ahead. And then the agent I had before, <laughs> yeah, it, it was more or less about the, about them. Mm-hmm. That's, you know that's, exactly. That kind of and that's point. that's what I want and to that about. is not how it works. Because here's the thing: they don't get paid unless you get paid. Right. Well, here's the thing, though. Um, there, it, there is something to be said, and it can really be great by having representation. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter if it's management or, or booking agent or whatever it is, and um, you know. And a lot of times, you know, there, there's pros and cons, like we talked about, to everything. I'm not saying bands and artists are completely innocent either. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's bands and artists out there that's done things uh, that screwed their own career. It wasn't a manager that screwed their career right. or a booking agent or a record label. They screwed themselves. Yep. So there's pros and cons <clears throat> to that. But the thing is, is that um, at the end of the day, this is what I'm seeing a, a problem with, especially up-and-coming people that just kind of really don't know any better. As you always have to remember that uh, you don't work for them. Mm-hmm. They work for you. Exactly. And there could be a time where you need to make that known mm-hmm. because, you know, we've dealt with it to some degree, and I've seen other people's had to deal with it to some degree. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll be like, well, if you would do this, then, you know, uh, you have to do this. You're obligated to do this. You, you really have to do this. Or You're this, not or obligated to do anything. <coughs> exactly. If it goes right. against, you know. And, and see, here's the, the big problem, too. Is Integrity. When, when exactly. stuff don't don't work out, uh, you know, they always like to deflect blame. Mm-hmm. When stuff works out, they oh, want to yeah, make sure they take credit. Yeah. And get their credit. But when stuff don't work out, then it's your fault. And then they always want to keep and present things like, you know, uh, like you work for them and they're the boss, but here's the thing: I mean, none of them have a job. Not how it works without yeah. us. Yeah, exactly. Yep. <clears throat> and I think if more artists and more we bands or job. entertainers or whoever realize that we don't necessarily need them, mm-hmm. they need us. Right. I mean, dude, I, I'm telling you, Andrew Schultz, he's launching his career off YouTube, doing yeah. it himself. Mm-hmm. There's bands selling out Madison Square Garden, doing it themselves. Right. Yeah. There's like, and fish. I guarantee you, there's fish. agencies reaching out to him. Fish is, a jam band. Fish, Fish is a jam band that's never had any commercial sets that I know of. Right. And they're headlining selling out stuff like this. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah. they've got this Grateful Dead type 
cult following. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, you can do it. At the end of the day, what's going to stand the test of time is you have to work hard. You have to be consistent. You have to have patience and realize that it's not going to happen next year. Mm-hmm. It may not happen five years from now. It may, it may take 20 years. Yeah. Everybody's time's different when it's time your time to break or catch a break or whatever. Right. I've seen some bands only be together for like a year or two and bam they're like Greta Van Fleet now they're headlining yes. all kinds of stuff mm-hmm. they're awesome. when you take a band like us that's been around close to eight years busting our ass and it's like what the crap man why are they yeah. doing this and not us I've had to learn the hard way you can't worry about that nope. you have to keep your head down stay focused on what you're doing and you have to be very careful when you get into the whole business side of things and start working with people because don't ever forget that you don't work for them they work for you. Yep. And the thing <clears> is, they can be replaceable. Opportunity, especially in uh, when you're dealing with the music business or even uh, you know acting in Hollywood, it's all the same. It's from, all the same. From what it's, I it's can all tell. about. I mean, it's yeah. It's like you mentioned Greta Van Fleet. They weren't together very yeah. long, and then uh, they're they're just everywhere. And then you all been together eight years, and you know where you're at. Mm-hmm. It's the thing is the way these opportunities work. There's there's lightning strikes. Yeah. Right. If you don't go outside, you cannot get struck. Right. Yeah. So yeah, you'll never know if you just sit on the couch. That's right. But if you keep right. going, eventually, maybe that'll happen. Mm-hmm. But you'll never know if you don't go. Exactly. Because there's I a gotta, difference. I got to find this meme real quick that I saved the other day. Uh, you find these little things that can be like good uh, motivation and inspiration oh, yeah. for yourself. Um, it's basically. I don't know where it's at. It, it, it's one of those deals like you you can't just go out here and just. Uh, try and give it all your best and then fail and be like, all right, well, I've tried my best. I've seen that, yeah. Uh, You have to go out here and you got to try and you have to fail. And then you have to get back up and try again. And then you have to fail more. And then you got to keep going and then fail again. I mean, you have to, you almost have to be, you'll hear people say you almost have to be like delusional. Yeah, it it, it is to a certain extent. (laughs) Like in Rocky Balboa. We were saying don't believe the hype, but you kind of believe your own hype. To yeah. get to that spot. It's not about if how you know, hard you can get. It's about how hard you get hit and keep moving forward. Right. I mean, if you can't believe it, who who will then? Robert yeah. Downey Jr. Yeah. should not have a career right now. No, he went to, with, he went with, to jail for... With <laughs> what he went through. But him, but that judge not taking it easy on yeah. him, he became freaking Iron Man. Who yeah. expected that? It happened overnight. And people laughed. Yeah, man. You know, and people, li- they did. Yeah. They were like, oh, what's this? Uh, it's one of the best actors coming back and doing his thing, man. <laughs> you know? let's, uh, let's, oh, here we go. It says, don't fake it till you make it. That's garbage advice. Face it till you make it. Get up, work hard, fail. Right. Stand back up, face it again. Do a little better, fail again, get back up, repeat. I was a I mean, background. Is, man. I was an extra on Nashville about 20 times. <laughs> yeah. David Alford, who was a, uh, he played the manager. Mm-hmm. On the show, it got struck up a conversation. Be one day. I mean, as soon as the director yelled "cut," he was right back into the conversation. Like never mm-hmm. let. He's a theater guy, so we got to talking about that, and he's like, uh, "You want to do this for a living, right?" Like, oh, shit. Is it tattooed on my forehead? <laughs> yeah. Uh, show up. Do what they ask you to do. After you've done that, ask if there's anything else you can do. The worst they can say is no. All right. And that's it. That's all you, you do, just do man. your thing. Just do and your best. Hope for the best. And I mean, just have I mean fun. man, I'm super proud and, and happy for everything you got going on cuz you know, you guys may not know or a lot of people may not know that you know when um my dad got back into playing music, 
and had a band going and stuff again. Alan's dad was in it, and uh, that's how Alan and I kind of first met. Mm-hmm. And Alan and I were like 14, 15, 16-year-old kids sitting around in <laughs> his bedroom or, or wherever <laughs> driving around. Well, at their rehearsals, yeah. they would go out and smoke. He'd jump on the drum set. Yeah. And he was a drummer before he was a guitarist. Yeah, but, you <laughs> know, I'm, I'm fantasizing about playing music across the world, and he's fantasizing about being an actor doing what yeah. he loves. And yeah. fast forward, you know, a, a decade oh, plus, and then I've been around the world. and uh, Well, not been around the whole world, but right, I've been in right. a couple different countries, and you've been in a couple different films, and just to yep. see where I'm at now and you're at now, man, I'm just like. It's, it's, it's awesome. It's working. We're, we're nowhere, working near, we're nowhere near where we want to be, but yeah. we're exactly where we want to be. Right. And with that, let, let's sense. bring this to a close because she's wanting to lock the door. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it's ending on a really good high note. I, yeah, love, I love this. It. I'm smiling because yeah, man. I love Dude. that. I love that. Uh, again, as always, guys, it's Riley. Alan. Thank you so much. Steve. And our guest, Steve, Steve Jewell Jr. Thank you for having us. Yes, sir. Thank, thank you. you. We'll thank do a closing. Check out Otis. Uh, we'll do it. Yeah, we'll check out Otis. Uh, do you want to tell them the website? Yeah, y'all check us out. Um, TheOtisBand.com. It's the hub for all things Otis. You can get our tour dates. It'll take you to all of our social media pages. Uh, it'll take you to the Otis Roadshow, our podcast, all that good stuff. And uh, tell your friends and just... Uh, Keep buying real music and <laughs> go support shows and entertainers and artists. And I'm sure you'll have links in the absolutely yeah. in the show notes. Sweet, yes. y'all come and see us. With that, thank you guys. Uh, we'll do a closing uh, post interview um, uh, before this it? comes out. Peace, so. love, and chicken grease. Is, That's right. Is something, something. All <laughs> yeah, yeah, this guy on stage. Yeah, just <laughs> if you don't go to the shows Peace for the music, just grease. go for the hype <laughs> for the hype man in the, in the corner. And with that, yeah, thank you, Kings Cafe. <laughs> Thank yes, you. Thank you. Y'all come check Todd, King's I don't know if you Cafe. I mention your name on mic, you. but thank you for staying you, Todd, doing your job while, uh, while doing what you do here while we do a podcast. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Appreciate it. And thank you, listeners. We'll catch y'all later. And that, ladies and gentlemen, was Mr. Steve Jewell Jr. I hope you all enjoyed that interview because it was, I, I had so much fun. Um, and I know we mentioned it before, but. We had 20 minutes for on mic. We had an hour and a half or some odd you know, amount of time in the interview, and we still continued to talk for about an hour and a half after the interview. And uh, we just had a really good time. Uh, one of the interesting things is after the interview, as we're you know, kind of you know, sitting here or standing outside of the King's Cafe, again, thank you for providing that venue. We love you, Megan. We love your venue. Um a member of Blackstone Cherry just ends up rolling up, <laughs> just like Al was talking about. That's that was that same night. This is what he was talking about last week. So, <laughs> yeah, um, man, that that's one thing I will say about a, a lot of the local musicians that I know around here. Um, even the guys that have have kind of gotten big, um, it, and I know we talked about it last week. Extremely down to earth, um, not unapproachable at all uh you know they're just genuinely decent human beings um that love playing so 110 percent. and i can't tell you how many times you know i know that uh, alan mentioned seeing ben in walmart but it's like i i would i would see him on the treadmill at the gym you know yeah i mean yeah you see these guys around town uh yeah, quite sure. often it's they bring their tour gear for, uh, to my mom's dry cleaners to be cleaned. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just, uh, you know, like I said, they're down to earth guys. They're just, uh, 
that just happened to be very talented at playing music. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, you know, great job, guys. I, I'm really impressed. Um, again, I can't wait to go see Otis again. I can't wait to go see any bands, and for that matter. You and me both. Um, <laughs> but definitely keep rocking, guys. Great job. Yeah. We're getting Le Cabin Fever, if you get my drift. I mean, he... <laughs> Yeah, I'm on. Uh, I'm. I'm. I'm ending. Uh, I know some of you guys are probably on closer to week five or six, but I'm ending three. And uh, normally, this is my lifestyle, but I'm kind of itchy to go somewhere at this point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I got to be a pretty good homebody as a uh, as I've gotten older. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and I. I really enjoyed it. The one thing I looked forward to most was just being able to have, you know, days off and just stay at home having staycations. Now I really want to get out. I want to have a real vacation, because, especially <laughs> since, you know, you know, I, I, I'm kind of envious that you get to be home with your job, man. I tell you what, having to face these people every single day. And I don't mean these people in a derogatory way. I'm just the sheer amount of people that are still out which they're, yeah. they're doing what they can. I, a lot of them are wearing gloves and masks and doing what they can. They still got business uh, that they have to perform for themselves and their own businesses and pay bills. I get that. It's man makes me itchy to get out. Man, I, 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 <laughs> you know how I feel about the mall, right? Yeah. I'm about as much as I do. I had a dream the other night where I got to walk, the, uh, walk down the middle of the Greenwood mall in Bowling Green, Kentucky. And, I got chills, wow. chills because I was so excited. Yeah, that's this is no bueno for most of us, guys. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, a lot of it was because I love those massage chairs. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair enough. Yeah, I just send the girlfriend into Ulta or Sephora, and I'll just <laughs> pop my uh, headphones in, lay back, swipe my card, and I'm golden for about twenty thirty minutes. Right? That sounds like a... We should make that happen soon. Yes. Or, you know, soon-ish. Soon-ish, soon-ish. Hopefully hopefully we'll start getting back to normal here before long. Hopefully not much more than maybe a couple more months. Um, Hey, you know what? Uh, I'll I'll be honest with you. If we can can knock this thing out in one shot and not have to go back and do a second round of quarantine, I'll, I'll stay. It's okay. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and please stop stop protesting the governor. He's doing an impossible <laughs> job right now anyway. And, you know, when you're outside, you know, blasting, you know, the state capitol with or wherever the governor was at the point. I'm not sure where he's doing his broadcast from. But when you're when you have a blowhorn and you're speaking yelling through that and having people yell through that while he's giving numbers of those that have been affected and have died man that's that's low class and i know i'm going to keep my personal opinions to myself about the group of people that are doing that but it's just it's not the right place it's not the right time wait till we get through this and then you protest and i'll fully back you up because that is your right yeah it's completely your right guys but please know there's a time and place Exactly. We all need to be one uh, human race at this point and not political parties or standpoint. So, uh, yeah. you know, even if you don't agree, just do your part. <laughs> Stay home. Yes. Yeah, and home. Uh, we'll, we'll fight about it after everything. Is I'll provide the boxing gloves. That's right. <laughs> Round one. Ding, ding. That's right. 
All right. Well, let's let's bring this episode to a close. Uh, um, I don't have a uh, a uh, nostalgic item of the week just because we already covered that in the episode itself. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I had had something that I brought with me to use for that during that time. So, um, but once more with feeling, um, if you would like to reach us, get us at deadpanstudio18 at gmail.com, soakingnostalgia at gmail.com, at soakingnostalgia and face, <laughs> on Facebook and Twitter, as well as at deadpanstudio18, the same, the both of those. I can't tell you how many more times. It's the same thing. Uh, <laughs> Facebook and Twitter. And also, you can get us on our streaming services, uh, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, and Spotify, as well as the Podbean app. Get our man. I say this list every single time. They're going to be <laughs> in the show notes. Y'all know what I'm saying. Right. <laughs> Maybe it's because hey, we again, record the intro and outro uh, one right after the other. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, again, guys, thanks for listening. Thanks, Steve, for coming in and doing the interview. We really appreciate it. Um, Send us an email, guys. <laughs> yeah. Let us know. Rona down. Rona down. Rona down. <laughs> All right. We'll see y'all uh, later. And for this week, for Zoki Nostalgia and Deadpan Studio, once more, I am the Matt. And I'm Tiny. See you guys. Bye.